Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of By the Numbers. I'm your host, Richard Lewis. That's Duncan Thorin Shields. Sam Davis is pressing the buttons. Uh, I still can't get used to your mic, dude. It's know, still it, it fucking is, warping. I heard my yeah, own voice. It, it does sound a bit strange. It just, I, I don't know it how to describe like it. I'm tempted to go back before. to just the shit one. It's like a character. Yeah, exactly. It's kind mm. of my gimmick now. It's like, oh, it doesn't sound as good now I know what he actually is a human and has a voice. Well, that was actually one of the suggestions. As you know, you know, I was going through all of the, um, you know, YouTube comments and everything like I do. Uh, and one of the things were like, you know, it, it just doesn't, it isn't Sam without that sound, without that crackle sound. Now, sure, maybe don't take YouTube comments too seriously. I had one today telling me that I should choke on my own shit. So, you know, it's it's a bit hit and miss, right, when it comes to feedback. But um, I agree. I think you should go back to the old mic, you know. I might have to, man. Yeah, I think I think that's where we're at. Uh, also enjoying zero viewers. Twitch is having a night yeah, at, at the moment, so right. good to know. Uh, our regular audience. Uh, and with that said, uh, obviously you should probably give a shout out to the sponsors, which is the Chinese government. Uh, I do want to? We've just been sponsored by them. Uh, I do want to point out that there's nothing to see, nothing going on in Hong Kong. Taiwan isn't real. Uh, fuck Tibet. The Dalai Lama's pure evil. And um, being a totalitarian government and uh, suppressing your populace uh, is perfectly fine and acceptable behavior because they pay for that privilege. So um, shout out to the Chinese government, big fans. Uh, and of course, our other regular sponsors, uh, .com, not affiliated with the Chinese government, as far as I'm aware. Um, so the introduction's just going to be like us talking about Sam shit Mike. Exactly. Beep is the sponsor <laughs> and then just probably just roll the credits. Burger, you're begging me. A cla another classic episode of <laughs> By the Numbers. We're, we've done almost 150 of these. The only thing is, still though, Rich, two I... boomers griping about how shit everything Obviously, is. there's loads of stuff we can discuss on this episode. There's loads of ways we yep. can go. But the problem is this, Rich. We have to do that classic thing, which we only ever have to do with Swedish teams. Because I don't know if you remember this, but I... I wasn't the last episode the one where we were just wrecking Fnatic completely? Like... <laughs> And, well, and then they did just win the whole tournament. Like, we yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but here's the thing. To be bad. fair, we wrecked them on the basis of why would you go back? Oh, of course. If it didn't work before. Sure. And obviously, it did fucking work this time. I, I haven't even looked at the statistic, but what is it? Like, Golden's played like five tournaments with Fnatic and won like fucking four of them or something. You know what I mean? It's like, it sure. is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. I suppose uh, well, what I want to do is just talk about DreamHack Malmo in general because obviously when there's a, yeah, an event, yeah. we do talk, we do break down the event and how sort yeah, of successful yeah. the event was overall. I actually had some people emailing me about the event as well, so there's something to talk about there. First off, I just want to oh, say wait, one second. I just want to grab a drink quickly. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I, just forgot, I, didn't, I forgot to get one for the shorts. So I can't no, have two hours in this heat with that one. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. He, he's he's a fucking classic ginger <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> watch him exit. He's, yeah, he's... <laughs> Look at him go as well. Oh, uh, like he's like a fucking schoolboy trying to hide his erection. What's wrong with him? Like, fuck me, dude. Um, well, yeah, back in the game, right, that location nice yeah. and secret. No one, yeah, needs yeah, to know no, 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 I get it, I get it. I've got assassins coming at me too, man. I'm like, fucking, what are you sending those killers at my head, Jay Z? That's uh, how I'm living, anyway. So, look, uh, the first thing I wanted to just address with the Dream App Malmo thing was 
We were in a situation where... By the way, just as a quick aside, you know all those times in Green Rooms where I told you that actually Kanye West wasn't good mentally ill and then he's 25. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do. just enjoyed his Yeah, music. I do remember that. Right. When he announced... Do, do you now accept Kanye West might be mentally ill? Yeah, at that point, I actually started thinking you had a point there, Rich, when he just announced <laughs> he's only making exclusively Christian-based music for the rest of his life. Like, yeah, you might, yeah. You might, have, you might have been honest about that one. Yeah, no, uh, like, the <laughs> fact that he made a video game, which was just... That is amazing, like, isn't it? It's just his dead mother in heaven flying you tell people through that, clouds. Yeah, the best thing is when you tell people, they think you're trolling. You're like, no, it's really. No, you go look at the he video, actually like, launched a video game and like then asked Mark Zuckerberg for three billion. And he said, I've got a business plan. And he wrote words on a piece of paper. Yeah. That was a synergy. Synergy of what? Synergy. Technology. It was just like buzzwords. It was ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, I'm not an, not a doctor, I'm not an expert, but Kanye was giving me a sort of get this man some help kind of vibe. And uh, yeah, I did see this announcement. Like, it's good, you know, gospel, Christian-based music, whatever it is, he's going to be doing. I, as long as he's happy, I'm I'm happy for him. You know, he's earned a bit of happiness in his life. Anyway, Counter Strike. So DreamHack Malmo happened, uh, and the first thing that we should probably talk about is we ended up in this situation where DreamHack Malmo literally happened so close to ESL uh, New York uh, that um, there was a chance that two of the teams would have just missed it because they were playing um, in the final. Um, I believe their flight was something mental, like three hours after the final ended. Yeah, it like was. Like, basically, if Evil Geniuses, had, had, if it had gone the full five maps, they would have missed their flight and not been able to attend. Um, which, you know, would be fine, I suppose, ordinarily, if we didn't know that the same parent company runs DreamHack and ESL. Sure. So, you, you, when you... Like, if I didn't know any better... Remember that big announcement that they did where it was like, your new circuit, 20 million, all the same shit were given away, repackaged, rehashed. You know, that big announcement that everyone was losing their shit for um, because they want to bring like a bit of cohesion to the circuit with ESL, DreamHack, and all of those MTG events, ESEA and stuff. If I didn't know better, I would say having these two events so shittily close together to fuck over the players in the way it did, it's almost like it was a prank. To see, you see, think, our new ways loads ESL better. Was trying to wreck DreamHack, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. It, but uh, but it just seems crazy to me that uh, that was even a consideration that that happened. And unfortunately, I think when we start talking about the tournament, we're not talking about we're not really ta we're not talking about what could have happened. Like this could have been straight fire if it was like five days yes. after ESL New York, yeah. and everyone just had a little bit of a breather in between, and people had time to travel and get situated. This could have been another straight fire tournament. We could this have is back a bit to back like, straight fire tournaments. But you we, know, when you talk about the major, obviously, yeah. like a, 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 one of the topics that dominates is the idea of did the player break fuck with the form of the teams? Well, the problem is it's the same scenario with jet lag for this tournament. Normally, you're talking about like one team says, I have jet lag issues or something. And so, you know what? You can dismiss that and you can say, well, be a pro, you know, and buckle. Yep. The problem is, just like the, the scenario at the major, the reason I think everyone agrees is just because, by and large, most of the top teams' level was way lower. And similarly, the teams that were in New York, most of them seemed to be way below form at this event. So it's like, in a way, I know it's kind of a whack angle because I don't want to make it all about that. Certainly not. Like, you still have to win in the server. Obviously, Australia still made top four, so it's not an excuse to come last, etc. But when that many teams get hit by the same issue, I kind of think there's some you got to put some stock in it. You know, it clearly is a factor. Yeah, and it definitely had an impact. I mean, look, I, I don't want to be like an NACS fucking apologist fanboy or whatever, but um, 
you know, and I'll tell you one thing as well, like talk about being in personal hell. It's always those dog shit cunts at Greyhound that benefit from this somehow. It's like like there's some five dimensional Jenga going on just to lay them up with the, hey, what's that? Need to do an upset so Greyhound can pretend they're still a relevant fucking international CS team. We'll just give them evil geniuses having just straight got off a plane, eyes like piss holes in the snow. They haven't slept. Here you go. You beat them 16-10 in the best of one, and then you get to do an interview where you go, oh, yeah, hey, we're fucking great, aren't we, you galahs? Just a bunch of cunts, aren't they? So, uh, this guy's it, it, name's like a penis. You know a human yeah. organ, a penis? Porn, Dick, do you think that you're from like a penis? I know. Touch <laughs> a succulent Chinese wheel. No, I just, I, I just can't handle it. But anyway, like, so I, I thought that was a problem initially going in. I also just want to point out, I got some emails from some of the attendees who said um, that you know they caught the video of uh, the blast security I did with that YouTuber who basically blagged his way in. And By they, the way, can I just say, because this... They, yeah, we didn't talk aside, about that on the podcast. Yeah, I know, that, that's the thing. Mm. So just as a quick aside, one thing I can't handle about that situation is there is like a sentiment I've seen repeated again and again <laughs> that goes like this. Who cares? He couldn't have got a gun in there. What could he have done? So people know, right? were actually saying, what could a human being with access to everything that a body can do do to other human beings in an area where he's not being monitored by security? Like, this is a real thing in the modern day that people are saying, like... Yeah, you just got it. You, you just got to take it. I found that quite alarming, personally. That whole video, not least because yeah, and... I, it's what I've always said. Like he actually could have gone one level further. I'm not even joking. If the same cunt, like here's the thing that will means only he gets away with it. Most people won't. Most people just won't have the nose to do it. They won't have the balls mm. to do it. But if he did on that, I could even give him a little hack, mate. Wear a fucking player jersey. You could even go backstage. You could even be in the fucking booth, mate. That's how bad security can be at these events. You know, mm. it could have been much uh, worse than that. I'm just amazed as well. It's just classic The Blast. Like, no statement about that, by the way. That's a bit disturbing, isn't it? Yeah, like, you know, this is a YouTuber with, what? what's he got? Like, is it like a million followers or half a million followers? Like, he's, he's a he's a pretty sizable YouTuber. It's on the front page of, like, the CSGO subreddit. It's talked about on Twitter. It's talked about on talk shows. You don't address it. You just let that one sit. You know, like, just Eve, just put out the same garbage fucking statement every other company does. When these things go wrong, uh, just, oh, you know, we'll aim to do better next time. It fell below our corporate standards and, you know, just whatever shit you need to say. But just let me know you actually give a fuck. But they don't. I'm telling you, dude, I I'm like, I I you shouldn't even say shit like this. I'm just waiting for it now. I'm, 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 I won't be at the events. I don't go to them. I don't go to them for this reason. It won't affect me. Sadly, right? I am of the opinion, like, similar to you, that they won't actually put appropriate security until something oh. very tragic happens. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. that's what it always takes. That's what it always I mean, takes. That's just the way it'll be, unfortunately. And, and, and you know, it, it's, it's mind-blowing to me because, you know, we've already had a shooting at an eSports event, you know, and everybody did the whole fucking thoughts and prayers bit, and when is security going to get better, and... You know, why aren't, why aren't people going through metal detectors and everything? We had it at fucking uh, I Buy Power at the start of the year where a guy tweeted out that he brought a gun into the venue and was going to shoot some people and they had to push everyone out and then push them back through metal detectors. Again, like, how many close calls have we got to have? Like, how many? Well, no, turns out close calls aren't good enough. So to, to link this, well, why are you talking about security at events? Uh, I had, um, I had a, um, uh, a couple of people message me basically saying, like, they'd seen the video... Uh, on my YouTube channel and me doing the whole blast thing uh, and basically said that uh, 
the the security at Malmo was like atrocious. Like it was it was it was uh, even worse. I'll read you one of the emails uh, that I got. Um, it said, "Hi, I recently listened to your podcast about the lack of security at Blast Pro Series. I have uh, watched your YouTube video." Uh, as well, I am writing to you to inform of even worse security at the recent DreamHack Malmo event. First of all, zero metal detectors at the event at all. Uh, the security at the entrance didn't ask people to open their bags, didn't check the content of my po pockets or bag that I brought with me. And that, that was the case on all three days in the main arena. What really made me decide to write to you was on the third day with the final, I had to check out of my hotel, so I needed a place to put my large suitcase. I brought it to the venue and asked security if they could give me directions to where I could put it. And they said I could just take it inside the arena with me. They didn't open it. They didn't yeah, check it. It have didn't they ever go through seen an extra. The movie fucking Desperado. Like, are you aware of the concept of putting a weapon inside a case mm. that wouldn't say it's a weapons case? Like, how is this real? Yeah. Uh, it, it, they didn't X-ray it. They didn't open it. They didn't put it through a metal detector. Uh, they then gave me a direction to a luggage deposit uh, place, but they did not follow me there. Um, to make sure that I deposited my luggage. So potentially I could have taken this large suitcase with me inside the arena with zero problems. I find the lack of security at these sports events frightening, and I hope you can bring this up to people you know in the industry. Uh, it, it, it's one of these things where it's like, I, I just don't understand how like metal detectors at events aren't standard now. The bag I mean, like, one is any venue, alarming. The idea you could just bring in a whole bag bag full of stuff and then just go off around the bowels of the fucking yeah. arena with it. That's 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 like the beginning of a fucking movie where that's a bomb. Like it's, It yeah. sounds like it when you're describing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just it, just mind-blowing mind, mind blowing to me that it's still, still a thing. We're still talking about it. Nothing's being done. Um, and like I say, I mean, I, I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable going to events. Uh, here's the angle I don't get on it, right? Explain this to me. Cause here's the thing. Like, I, I, I'm going to guess like that stadium in Malmo, like I've seen it. It looks sick. It looks like a proper stadium that you'd have events yeah. in, like a concert or something. I don't know if they have sports. I don't know if it's big enough for that, but here's mm -hmm. the thing I don't get is it's one thing if you're talking about like an old school dream hack where it was just in that Elmia building, it was just a massive land party and it's hard to keep track of everyone. What I don't get is this. If I go to the same stadiums that these fucking esports events are in, but it's not esports, they're never going to let me do any of this shit. Like I can't go to the same stadium where like a fucking, like Elton John's going to play. I don't know why that's my go-to reference, but it is. <laughs> Listen, if Elton John plays there, it's good enough for me. Mate, he's, doing, he's doing his farewell yeah, to her, man. So, yeah, so if my boy door, Elton's so, yeah. up there, you know, ask him, do I believe in love or whatever, then the problem I have is this. If I just go to a random guy, like security guy, like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to work backstage actually and be allowed in like Elton's area. He's not just going to go, oh, my mistake, sir. Welcome through. That'll never happen. They'll just be like, where's your badge? Where's the ID? <laughs> in fact, if the if you even tried blagging it, like some of these people, like that guy did in that video, a real like place that they care about the security, I think as soon as they notice that you don't have the ID, you get chucked out. Forget the idea. They just go, what? Do you have an ID? You can't come in here, son. They'll go the other way and get suspicious. Like, what, where, why are you trying to get in here? So, like, people don't realize this is specifically an esports problem. It's not even these venues. Some of these venues obviously do come with real security that stop things happening to super famous pop stars and sportsmen and stuff. Like, they don't have these concerns that we do. Yeah, no, it's 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 mind-boggling. Um, on the plus side for the event, since as we're doing event assessment before we talk about the results, I do want to say that uh you know they, they they managed to put the major to shame in in one area they actually had feature content can you believe it duncan feature content 
at, at a sizable event. And they had um, a little tribute to CS turning 20 years old, you know, with some memorable <laughs> clips uh, in it. I uh, didn't agree with all of the clips that, that made some it of in. Some yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but you know, um, it, it was uh, it was uh, certainly better than the tributes we didn't get at the last major. Uh, certainly better than the feature content we didn't get at the last major uh, with Star Series. So I, I thought that was a nice touch, at least that dream hack. Because understand as well, these guys. If you only have to go look at MTG's financial records, like you know, Dreamhack is millions the company. Millions, yeah, yeah, Dreamhack's the company that seems to be told. You know, you're the ones that have to like run uh, at budget. You know, hit your costs, and um, you know th th their events. This one especially seem to at least have a lot of shine, a lot of polish to it, and a lot of thought put into it. And I know that they're you know stretched over there. So fair play to them. Uh, I thought um, I, I thought that was a a good feature. And again, it, it kind of underlined what I was saying about the major last time that there was a shocking lack of feature content and sort of celebratory aspect of the game it was like you know you didn't even get the show match in the end <clears throat> no i agree like that like that's one of those areas where the i actually think sadly this is an aspect which is why the economics of the industry at some degree are, are spoiling innovation in counter-strike because if everyone's trying to inflate different areas of the market and then all the margins go smaller and smaller and smaller you get to what you're going to do is you're going to think to yourself well i have to run the event i have to hire the talent i have to do i have to do all these things but actually i can skip out on shoulder content now you mm. can it just means as you're alluding to like it actually makes an event like dream at malmo feel more special than the major did so in terms of all the like elements that have nothing to do with business <clears> it's going to fuck you completely but sadly i think if you just look at where the industry is right now that's too it's too many companies aren't thinking that way and a lot of them as well that's an area where even if the money 10x is what it used to be like five years ago we still haven't moved on from the fact that operators like this just run lands what happens is they have this land that's coming up let's say it's in september right i've got a land in september so all i'm gonna do is all my focus is on the land in september as soon as the land in September's done, when's my next land? What, October, November? Right, that's my next one. So the problem is too many of them can't have the bigger scale picture and they can't plan stuff out and do things months in advance with the production value that you'd want on features that you're talking about, which would obviously be brilliant. So sadly, I, th I think it's just an indictment of where the industry is this year. Hopefully that's one of the things I'll change next year when all this money comes in. Because I hope yeah. that, that, I feel like that's the area we're lacking the most because it just makes the events way cooler when you have all that shit. Oh, for sure, and I and I think it's something that honestly, you know, I, I just wish it would be more kind of thought out. Like like in your downtime between events, why can't you record, you know, evergreen content and just have it queued up? Something we haven't seen before, you know, just show us something. You know who the attendees are going to be. You have a vague idea of what storyline is going to be relevant going in. It can't be hard. It it does feel that it's like again this constant pressure to sort of find where the margins are so you can make as much profit as possible off the events which is totally fine by the way i don't have an issue with that you know if these events aren't profitable in and of themselves and you need to cut a few corners to make them so you got to do that bottom line it's your business and you got staff and everything to think about but i just it's the one area that upsets me 
um, that you know when people try and scrimp and save on is that you don't get you don't get the feature content that I want to see between broadcasts more than hey here's somebody in the crowd with the fucking fans. Listen, I'm sick of hearing from the I fucking hate fans. those interviews so much. I, I know I'm sick so of hearing from the fans. Like listen brilliant you've traveled fucking 400 miles to watch your favorite team i know you got five shirts by the way from five different fucking teams in your fucking suitcase and as they go out one by one you're just switching them like the fickle fucking degenerate you are right yeah i'm just tired of it like brilliant fans yeah awesome woo like fuck me dude it's bad enough that you're cutting away from actual stuff that's going on in the game just to show some dickhead with a sign which could we, you even we do, imagine that in, we like, do the that NFL. way fucking more in esports and could you sport. even imagine in a fucking nfl playoff game them going right and now we're just going to go over to an interview with <laughs> billy who's come with his granddad so hey you're a big fan of the packers what do you think of is aaron, aaron rogers your favorite player like they would never do that in like a big prestigious playoff game no esports like, can't stop smelling its own farts i know it's really i'm not talking right? about the forced behavior of right <laughs> right games yeah, no exactly. uh, that's all you were going with that immediately yeah, no but uh <laughs> the um the reality is this it's like okay if a player is saving a gun i want to see if he saves it or not because it's important to the storyline of the game it's important to what happens in the following round him being hunted is not an opportunity for you to just go to a crowd shot and show to doing that classic thing that everyone does at sports i'm on camera and i don't realize it i'm on camera and i don't realize it i've realized it i'm a fucking moron and then they just cut away that's a because you're a moron brilliant love that let's see that fucking 600 fucking times a broadcast hey guys let's see that 600 times oh look he's dabbing brilliant we never even had this in european culture why have they started doing kiss cams events have i missed something that wasn't even part of the esports thing why are we doing kiss cams and I've told so, you, oh, it's, it's, it's the oh, look. They're trying to tackle the incel problem. <laughs> That's what's going on there. It's like, quick, do a kiss cam. Oh, the incel's going to rise up quick. <laughs> You know, that's what that's about. Don't you realize we live in a society, Duncan? Haven't you gone and watched Joker yet? Yeah. They're everywhere. The Joker version of that is they're going to do a kiss cam thing, aren't they? And then some guy who's just sort of like friends with a girl is going to feel pressured. He's going to kiss her. That's going to be used in court. He's going to be life in prison for like inappropriate behavior or something. And then at the end of the broadcast, prison cam. (laughs) It's just live from his cell. And all the kiss cams in his prison cell, yeah. Oh, Um, watch it as well. (laughs) Get over that bunk. Oh, buddy, turn the kiss cam off. Anyway, serious topic of conversation. Um, So, yeah, you know, I'd rather watch features than have it padded out with, like, fan service. That's just me. I understand it's cheaper, but it does make for a worse broadcast. Also, something that came up at the event uh, were that analysts um, that uh, were doing the broadcast (coughs) were basically heckled and... There was people shouting insults. Been a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, people shouting insults at them. Uh, and I don't mean Henry is a wanker, which, um, you know, is something. Yeah, He's which up. is untrue. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, is exactly. true. Anybody who's seen him open his laptop on, um, on a shuttle to an event knows that Henry is indeed a wanker. Um, but uh, Stunner put a tweet out about it. Uh, saying, hey, fans of CSGO that attend events, if you think yelling insults around the venue are analysts for their work on the desk is a good idea, shame on you. Um, So what happened, apparently, uh, was that in the predictions, 
uh <laughs> i can't even believe this is like something i'm having to kind of talk about but in in in, in the predictions oh, everybody said astralis is going to beat fanatic because of, of course. course there was yeah, no because of course. otherwise yeah. yeah right unless you can um, see the future and people were saying it's going to be a two-zero. You know, it should be a clean game. Of course. Uh, anyway, as a result of it going the other way and Fnatic beating Astralis two-zero, uh, there were some Fnatic fans that were a little bit over exuberant in their celebrations and were basically shouting abuse at, you know, the analysts that had, um, uh, you know, sort of predicted it. Now, if I, if I remember rightly, for Malmo that included Potter as well, right? Um, who's still relatively new to to the desks and maybe isn't as robust as somebody as like you know it's been doing events for a long long time you know i've had people walk up on stage with me i've had people wave signs behind me i've had people shout in my fucking ear and in my face while i'm trying to do events but i've been doing events for like 10 years or whatever so you know i'm, I'm used to that you get used to it um if you're relatively new you know pimp's relatively new as well i can i can imagine that it, it is a little bit off-putting and a little bit sort of disheartening Anyway, it gets discussed about on Reddit, where we all know the greatest meeting of minds takes place Let's on see a regular went basis. With I'm Mates. sure there was probably some idiot who was like, well, that's their job, isn't it? Because remember, apparently for everyone else's job, it's like <laughs> that guy's like anything that happens to you. Some, like, uh, there is, uh, this is, this is like a lot of people are always like, hey, Richard, remember that video you made? You speak your brains where you just read all the moronic comments. This is pretty much going to serve as a sequel to that or a, or a prequel to the sequel. <laughs> okay. Because I have never seen such garbage get upvoted uh, in this thread. Uh, I'll read you one comment here. Uh, it says, um, I think it's more a matter of how analysts voice their opinion, as if there should be any prescriptions, <laughs> any limitations on how analysts frame things. Well, they fortunately, this, yeah, fortunately my, my this fuckhead. Stuff, like, I better. Because, you know, maybe you're like, oh, well, maybe he's got a point there. And then you go, okay, well, give us some examples, fuckhead. So the fuckhead gave us some examples. And uh, he said, you know, it's like saying, Fnatic are the underdogs here. I'd be surprised if they win, considering they're facing Astralis. But who knows? Or, Fnatic have no chance at all. Astralis are ten times better. I expect, expect this to be the easiest swoop 2-0 for Astralis. You also have to consider that most people in the arena came to cheer for their home team. And it's By like, the way, okay. I noticed the trend that has emerged, which I always mm. used to say it was about metaphor. Forget just metaphor. Anything to do with language that is not just literal, anything except the literal, idiots can't understand. So, for example, that fan there really doesn't understand that both of those statements were the same. One of them <laughs> no, just no. way to say it. Yeah, that's, like, that's, he really yeah. thinks that they literally mean Fnatic. Like, like that. Like he thinks that literally, Fnatic can't even shoot bullets at Astralis. They are never going to win. No, like the person saying that is using hyperbole. They don't literally think there's no chance. They're saying there's no chance to emphasize how little chance within the realistic competitive bounds they're out of that upset happening so like yeah. i even think that guy doesn't like that comment doesn't even stand up on the surface like he's basically just admitting he doesn't understand there's any other capacity to language except the most extreme and everyday knock on wood level materialism as far as i can tell yeah and it, it, so there's there's other comments hang on i'll, I'll um uh, th there is somebody in that thread as well going, you just know Thorin and Richard are going to be shitting all over the people in this thread on the next episode by the numbers. Yeah, I you see right. Bookmeister Infinity. You yeah. right. got, got you, fam. That also got does you. sound like the sort of person who'd be on our Patreon. And thanks also yeah. to Bookmaster Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> and shove my anus full of wood chips and call me fucking Sally or something. Like, whatever. <laughs> 
Um, but th there was another thing here. It's okay for talent to banter with players, but no one can banter with talent. And it's like, that's not what we're talking about. You notice, by the way, no one, it's the no same defense that stupid hecklers use in comedy clubs. Yeah. Where they exactly, go, yeah. But I was, I was just getting involved. It's like, that's not your job. Your job is to sit and listen if you don't like to leave. That's yeah, it. That, that, that is Sorry. the extent of your you involvement. You are part of the show, exactly. Yeah, no, but but this is the thing. I, I think oh, this is the downside to all of the fan service, right? Like, fans oh, are starting to think. believe that that should Yeah, yeah, it. it's yeah. like, it was, it's like, you remember when we did that dream hack in London, and it, there was literally a guy stood behind me going, yeah, yeah, like a sign for about five <laughs> minutes, and I just, I took his sign, I was like, you all right, mate? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just live on air, because I, I got no truck with that shit, like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, he didn't know what to do, he couldn't talk to me, he couldn't formulate a conversation, because he just wasn't used to sort of anybody, like, you know, it, it's just, it's just taken as by the by that that type of behavior is like, okay, while well, people are trying to do their jobs. Like, you, you know, when you see those like compilations of like people trying to grab the microphone off newscasters, you do understand as funny as that is, those people are fucking dickheads. Oh, it's fucked, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not about the fact that you can't like be spirited if you're in the crowd. You can definitely shout stuff to players if you want. That's the atmosphere that basically people want. But there is no place for like legit, like, fucking making the job harder of the analysts just talent no in, for it. <laughs> talent in esports have the such thin skin say um, the people on reddit who go mental when you say anything <laughs> yeah like it, it, but again i want i want people to try and understand right so you're doing a job in a building and uh people come and shout abusive names at you there's not really any sort of environment like you know that didn't happen to me when i had an office job that didn't happen to me when i was working on a farm you know that didn't happen to me when i was laying brick it didn't you know there wasn't somebody going ah you fucking shit cunt look your darbo's all fucked up you know what i mean like what nobody was doing that to me I, by like, the way i love this take as well because one of the stupidest takes on the internet is always when people have a half-baked false equivalency so this is like the people who are like Oh, you don't want extensive government laws to decide what words you can and cannot say or are compelled to say. And then later, they're like, what, you're complaining? You got beaten up by anti-fascist thugs. Why are you, little snowflake? Do you need a safe space where you don't get beaten? It's like, what's the equivalency? Like, the equivalency is so whack, it's unreal. So how is this in any way part of my job as an analyst to just take abuse from fans? Like, no, is that part it, of the it's, job? All, it's all part of By the, the same show, logic, why is it not the job of the McDonald's employee to just take me screaming in his face while I'm eating the burger then? Why don't I just go, where's all the chicken nuggets at? Just right in his face. Like, why would that be his job? That's no right. relevance. Another one upvoted. Um... I'm not a fanatic fan, but what right, do you expect? It's going to be amazing. Yeah, you know, immediately good, isn't it? I am not a fanatic fan. But honestly, what do you expect if you trash talk a legendary team with such a legacy as an analyst and then they end up winning? You want you want esports to be a sport? Welcome to sports. <laughs> Well, we've been officially welcome to sports, so... Yep, thanks, He's welcome to Zen. Yeah. Thanks, random player CSGO. Welcome By to sports. I'm glad. No, it's good. Come aboard. Yeah. The only thing welcome is, though, I don't to want to hear anyone who watches the English Premier League ever say that Man United is anything other than the best, because the legacy of Man United is mm -hmm. greatness. Like, they're, they're probably the best team now, because look at all the championships. Like, don't ever predict against them. And Man City, yeah. what you want about when I was a boy, they had no fucking good points. They're yeah, shit. Yeah, Man City's still shit. Of course. Yeah, exactly. They have, right? They've still got Joe Royal as manager, haven't they? You know? <laughs> uh, 
Is uh, King Clancy still there? Is he scoring the good? <laughs> that, that's such a wasted what, reference mate, on this crowd, isn't it? No, no, no. I'll tell you what, right? one of the funniest <laughs> things I ever fucking heard, right, was from a Borough fan, and I think uh, Georgie King Clancy had absolutely fucking reamed Middlesbrough, right? Oh, no doubt. It, it, and, and like Man City had beat them like 2 0 or something. And he went, Yeah, the thing is, though. He's all left foot, that Georgie King. <laughs> he's just fucking styled on you, mate. He just single-handedly destroyed amazing. your team. Well, he's all left foot, though, isn't he? He just couldn't fucking... I had to try and just squeeze something bad in there, and that's the best he could come up with, you know? Uh, anyway, um, somebody... Oh, this is also upvoted. Hey, Stunner, you're doing a bad job, and you're getting called out for it. Now stop crying. Because Pew Stream on Reddit doesn't understand. Stunner's yeah. not an analyst. This is about analysts. Like Upvoted, of course, though. Upvoted. Up Everyone just agreeing with him. Like, yep, Stunner's bad at his job. That's right. Nothing to do with the conversation. Stunner's bad at the job. Somebody followed it up with, seriously, keep Stunner off the mic. He's really not very good and hasn't improved at all, despite all the airtime he's been allowed. Um... Now that is objectively false. <laughs> no, like, yeah. That is obje the one. Th here's the thing: you could say he's not my cup of tea. You could. I'd even go. Um, he's not very good from a technical perspective. I disagree with that assessment. But you know, if you say that, maybe you know something I don't. But to say he hasn't improved at all is the, the most, most outrageous. Yeah, year. exactly. Exactly. One of the most like improved in any like field of esports talent. Like. Just ridiculous. And then somebody underneath goes, it shouldn't be controversial or wrong to say Stunner isn't a good desk host. He is, to be frank, a bad one. And it has made it so I avoid watching the analysis. Segment. Why are these all written like a little child when you're in your first English classes? And you're like, you know why? I, I am a good <laughs> you know boy why. and I live down the street from my dog. The dog's name is Billy and he's my dog. And I love him. Like it's written like a little child's written. It's like, what the fuck? No, no, it's 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 mental. So anyway, um, welcome to real sports. Like, <laughs> um, then then there's the classic another serial mental case called Eamon DK. You'll see him from time to time. I always think of him as like the he is the fucking <laughs> the Batman to um what the fuck was his name? I can't remember his name. He's that much of a loser. Uh the the fucking ridiculous mouse sports fan who claimed that he was getting offered three thousand dollars because he he had high karma in, in the CSGO subreddit. I can't even remember anyway. What, whatever that lunatic, some, someone Re uh, reader too strong, or whatever the fuck that one's called. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm trying to think of a mouse flare. I can't remember the one name. who pretended he was a fucking patriot of this show, Radiant oh, Sun. That's there the good. There you go. Hey. So you got him in like him and DK is the Batman Radiant Sun's joke, and they just like just utter shit. <laughs> like, and they just post every day endlessly, like 20 posts a day of utter garbage, upvoted, of course. Insults or threats? Who gives a shit if it's just insult? It's just banter, isn't it, right? You don't get to shit on pros for their play for years and then cry when fans start shitting on you for your analysis. 
That isn't what we're talking about. Objectively, they this can is never about even get the b- being barracked. They're not even in the building on these ones. I know, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No one's saying, like, <laughs> don't criticize people for doing their job <laughs> on Twitter or whatever. We're talking about, you know, in the venue, hurling abuse at people. But good These job, are basically the people who would never good get job. on, like, fucking question time in the UK because they do pre screen the questions. Like, you can't just stand up on question time when they're discussing, like, so what should uh, Britain's role within the EU voting committee be? And you can't stand up and go, European Union is a good thing. Like, you can't just go off completely off topic. You have to have a point. There's no point to any of these. Another upvoted one. Who cares what Stunner thinks? <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Imagine that guy, right? It's, it's, one, it's a compelling I don't normally argument. use memes, but with some of these, I would just do that SpongeBob online. All right, I'm going to head out. I can't even take this one. I'm out. Skip me out. So what else? Um... I, I can't even I can't even read that one because someone's managed to work in something ridiculous. I'll show you that one later. That's, that's, uh, uh, don't be a little bitch stunner. <laughs> Ex-military, of course. <laughs> Imagine it. I know. Uh, Ex-marine. I know. You know. Yeah, it's like he's not. Fucking, he's got nothing compared to incel, No, no, no. It's true. Know. Yeah, dude. Some <laughs> incel on on Reddit talking down to a fucking combat veteran about being a little bitch. Like it's like it's just every day. It's just a river of shit you just swim through, isn't it? Like, well, it was a good day actually. Only a little bit went in my mouth today. The swim continues. That is what it is dealing with the esports fan base. This I, is I'm like saying listening it. to people in a pub. Straight fuck y'all. Like, about you're, you're out of control. You know when you're in the pub and you just hear people having conversations about UFC and you almost just have to leave where they're just going like, see, I wouldn't go down. I've got too much heart, you know. Like, fucking hell, look at the way he just takes that. Like, he just doesn't have the fucking... You gotta understand, I'm Italian. I'm a fighter. Like, I don't fuck around yeah. like that. You're like, you just got KO. If someone put me in an armbar, I wouldn't I tap out until it no, fucking broke. I love the ones then, like that. I'd make him think I yeah. tapped out with it flapping around. I'd break his fucking jaw with the fight me like a fucking He hell. goes, and when he realises I'm not giving up with a broken arm. It'll be mentally broken, won't he? What will even come back? Right. Uh, I'll continue this. Don't be a little bitch, Stunner. You expect <coughs> to banter and cry at the first opportunity that people talk back. <clears throat> You're not holy. You're a fucking analyst. Home fans will boo you. <laughs> I mean, this is just all over it's the place. Like... Yeah. Home fans will boo you if you pick against their team. Happens in every fucking sport. Grow a pair. Uh, turns out, of course, in every sport, I- I'm trying to think of a desk segment where I've seen, like, it, like in the NBA or in the NFL, where a guy goes, well, you know, I get the Pats winning this one. And a bunch of fans go, kill yourself, you can't! In the back. I don't remember that bit. Never seen it. Never seen it. But you know why? It doesn't happen. Um, so... Okay, but grow a pair, Stunner. We're now gonna sure. we're now gonna patch in fourteen year old Billy from Wisconsin. I think Warren Sapp is a bitch. It's like, <laughs> imagine that. And then I'll, I'll just read this last comment. Um, Stunner has intense asshole energy. <laughs> <laughs> what? What does that mean? What does that mean? He just gets on you and just keeps riding and riding. Like what is what is what is intense asshole energy? What is that like? Like what is that? Is he is he an alternate fucking fuel source? Like I don't understand. But anyway, um, so yeah, 
bottom line, guys, just a little word of advice. <coughs> um, people don't mind fans like cheering, chanting, booing. Um, when people are like trying to do their job and you're like heckling and throwing abuse at them, you're probably stepping over a threshold that you probably shouldn't. And I think we can all sort of agree with that, right? You know, I didn't have to put up with it um, when I was doing analysis stuff. I, you know, I can't think of a time it ever happened to me. It's definitely a more recent development. As I said, I think it's to do with the pandering and the fan service bullshit. Um, How did so yeah, many people get this topic wrong? It's the easiest topic mm. of all time. All you yeah. have to do is have even one shred of human decency and just side with people being allowed to do their job. Without having abuse, scream directly. Doesn't work, mate. Face. Like Doesn't the idea, of people are going, "Hmm, this is a tough one. Which side do I come? To? Who do I?" Support? You know, I was the guy getting side. screamed in his face, or the yeah. guy doing the screaming. I think I'd probably have to come down to the side of the guy screaming because this is sports. Like, I was going to side with the idea you should be allowed to do your job in relative comfort and security, but then. I just saw Stunner's intense asshole energy and just couldn't couldn't control myself. Um, fuck me, what a nightmare! All right, we can talk about the games, I guess. Let's let, let's do that. Uh, let's start with uh, the sort of uh, the sad, sad story of NACS at this event. Um, you know, there was a lot of kind of high hopes on ooh, what kind of what kind of possible era could we be entering into now? Are Liquid going to bounce back? Are Evil Geniuses going to, um, you know, c continue, you know, the, the form they showed in ESL New York? Well, turns out <coughs> they, 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 they turned up, got beat by Greyhound on day one. You end up going into the best of threes. They got beat by Mouse Sports 2-0, and uh, that's pretty much all she wrote. So it wasn't like, a, and they went out in joint last place. Uh, now, I am inclined to say that, first of all, I know Carrigan had those demos. I, they were ready. He, you know, you were prepped. So you were running into a decent team. Mouse Sports, probably about, you know, probably one of the last teams you actually want to play for your tournament life, especially if they're the underdog. It's just a nightmare scenario, uh, let alone with the whole problem. You've already lost to Greyhound. Your morale's already down. You're already tired. You've gone from the high of winning an event nobody expected you to win to literally having a head on a plane before you've even had time to fucking put the trophy down, flying out to Sweden, and then you find yourself in, in this situation. So I'm not reading too much into it. I, I think, funnily enough, there were still a few positives um, that came out of this, if, if that's possible. Like, a loss to ground is always a nightmare. But um, on in, in the Mouse Sports series, they started to kind of, like, get going towards the end, and they lost in, like, overtime. It uh, might even have been a double OT, actually, uh, on train. It was a really good map, really good, um, you know, uh, series from, from what I remember. And, you know, you could see Cirque was starting to hit his shots. Like, Breezy was still having that good form. It wasn't like a total wipe. Obviously, they should have gone deeper in the tournament. For me, I think, like, there's no need to have a knee jerk or, like, bad reaction about what happened with Evil Geniuses. It was, like, a bridge too far. Honestly... They would have been better off not going to Malmo at all, I, I think. Once it got to the point where it was like you had to go straight from the final to the airport just to make it there on time, I know they, I know obviously you can't do this, but if there was a world where they could have done this, it would have been better not to, not to have attended. So I, I totally give them a pass for this event. 
the problem is this is an example of one of the areas that will mean that like this is the there's like a subtle angle on oversaturation that people always miss which is it's totally false that teams have no choice what events they go to they have especially right at this moment they have massive amounts of mobility as to what attends the events they attend assuming they are a good enough team to get invites at least in the old system i know that yes our proteo thing is supposed to get away rid of a lot of the invites and stuff but the old method where you know you have to be a top team etc so the problem a team like eg has is <clears throat> even if you actually know how close those events are you still sign up to both because unfortunately you have to be cynical and think what if we just go straight out of the new york one we're going to be at the malmo one right after don't we like in a mad way you just take it on the chin and just you almost like plan for the eventuality that you fill some of these events it's the same reason why people can't turn down two events in a row is because Let's say you turn those down, but then you don't qualify for the third one. And it's like, well, I'd plan to go to one and then have a break. So the real problem, unfortunately, in esports is like most teams just go to every event and just hope by and by you get some events you have good results at. You take it on the chin that some are going to be like, a, you know, third one in a row when the other teams haven't all done three in a row and you kind of get reamed out. So, yeah, I kind of agree. Like, it looks really bad. Like, the results they, they had and who they lost to, yeah, that's not good enough for a team that just won a massive event. But I'll also say pretty reasonable extenuating circumstances from which to then have performances like that. And as you said, even then, it's not like they got utterly smashed in every regard. Like, it was still vaguely in these games. So I'll agree, like, put it this way, if you're loving the potential of them from New York, there's also potential stuff that this can happen, but I doubt it would. Like, the circumstances for me are extreme enough that I think it's kind of a one-off. I would expect them to be much, much better next event. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then meanwhile... We had, uh, obviously, Team Liquid uh, worth talking about while we're doing the whole NA connection. Uh, Team Liquid in a, in a weird spot, man, because I kind of feel that they, they need to get a deep tournament run uh, at the next event. They need to, you know, uh, maybe make a final, maybe win a trophy. Or we're starting to talk about whether or not they're slipping away. On the first day, again, best of ones, take it with a pinch of salt. But losing overpass to Optic really weird and they were they were massively down at half time it looked like they hadn't got going at, at all it was like 14-1 um and then and they battled the back the, the t side of overpass is what most people praise team liquid for at other times in the year like that was one of their yeah. best halves basically so the idea they exactly. start a tournament like that shows you where they were at and um there was like this weird moment in the game which by the way never tweet out a clip when just say nothing about it because what you'll find is mentally ill people on the internet just project commentary on it for they'll you. just go so you're just saying that he yeah. shouldn't even have had that kill then yeah. and you go i didn't yeah. see anything I, 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 I you can't I, read I, my I, mind yeah I, I tweeted out the clip there was a moment where uh twists had the bomb and it looked like he was like lagging or timed out so naf had to turn around and kill him and then and yes, then died um so when I, I I just tweeted out the clip and the loads of people were going what what's the matter what, what are you saying and I was like I'm not not saying anything I'm just saying it's like a remark it's a remarkable moment in a game um, it's something that's very strange um, that's happened in the game I mean I would assume know, the reason you're showing you ready I'll I'll attempt to read your mind just because I actually yeah, know go, you go for it. my assumption go would be that your point is like. It's just a sign of the discord within Team Liquid. Like, this was a team that was the best in the entire world, and now you're having moments like this happen in a match. Like, it just shows where they're at. They, they, they might have brilliant players, but they themselves don't even feel like a team at the moment, you know? Yeah, and it was a strange one because 
even though it was like it, it said on the thing that he timed out, Twists is still moving in the clip. So Twists must have communicated like, oh, I've timed out. And then Naf shoots him in the back of the head. But he literally had just stopped moving. And he had to get the bomb. But then, you know, should, was he was he going to try and win the round? It would have been a 1v3 anyway. Um, he, he probably could and what he was worried about as well as that was, you know, if he leaves Twists alive and Twists doesn't come back in the game and he gets killed after time, you, you know, so there, there was all these factors going on. But the reality is it was just more kind of a tweet like, well, it never rains, but it fucking pours type thing. Yes. And I just, that, that, that was all it was, right? But yeah, people pre presented commentary on it. It was super unfortunate as well that it was naff that it happened to because, you know, we, we were like... We're going to talk about that whole NAF rumor now. Um, but just before we get to that, uh, you know, it, it, we, we speculated on the show that maybe there was like something, you know, he was a little bit emo, you know, because he'd been tweeting about how he wasn't feeling it and stuff. And he had a really poor game and that kind of compacted, you know, his his bad scoreline. So it looked really ugly on the scoreboard. You know, he went seven for 17 um taking into account that team kill he had to do to try and win the round and yeah it was it was really it was just a, a really weird poor performance to start off uh you know team liquid but fair enough again it's the day one jitters it's best of ones they did go and beat north but then next up they get 2-0 by greyhound and not just 2-0 by greyhound they lost uh mirage against greyhound which uh is their pick and is a map and they that had a massive win streak they, they had a streak on it, yeah. yeah. And they were twelve three up at half time, and then exactly. lost against Greyhound. Like completely took. I mean, I watched <laughs> that game live. Um, I was being heckled and abused in the Twitch chat. I, I'm, I've took a lot of very interesting screenshots. People threatening to hack my um, emails and stuff. What? Because again, I've got the temerity to watch. Welcome a game to Real Sports. Live. Indeed, welcome to sports. Just all part of the show. Uh, you know, people telling me to kill myself. There was someone they were trying to spam this whole like some guy had asked to be unbanned in my t uh, in Twitch chat. And then when I said, "Nah, you're all right, mate," because you were very rude to uh, during the No Majors Club when we had a guest on, uh, he basically then started spamming like I don't know. My my, my name's uh, Richard. I take the bait. Like it was just some weird fucking shit spam, and he was just spamming that over and over again for the rest of the game. I mean, this is the this is the people you have to rub rub up against. They walk among us, Duncan, the crazies. Um, so I was watching this game live, and I just couldn't believe what I was seeing because they threw so many rounds. I mean, it was like again, it Greyhound are the beneficiaries. Whenever a team just implodes, Greyhound are there to take advantage and pretend. All I'll like say is this, and obviously people will take this the wrong way and get offended, mm. but luckily they're Greyhound fans. So I don't give a fuck. I'll just say this: so your team beat Evil Geniuses. Mm -hmm. In uh, uh, no, sorry, team evil genius is a best of one, yeah, and then beat team liquid in a best of three. Fucking hell, your team sounds good. What they must have gone deep in this tournament. What well, oh, immediate elimination right after that, almost yeah. like it wasn't them doing it, wasn't it? Almost yeah. like the other teams played a large role in that. Now, listen, individually, a couple of ground players had some good games, fair play to them. The Dexter guy went off, like, never dicks, Dexter, of course. Right. <laughs> 
Never him. I mean, I mean, what's it? The ridiculous thing about the fact people defend him is he's the kind who goes like minus fifty at the event. Like, no, it's, 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 it's bonkers. Yeah. Like, it, it would be it would be pissing me off if I was a teammate of his now because it's like he does all the interviews. He's literally in the team for fucking meme value, and they're not even quality memes. You know, it's not like Apex with his rubbery face. Sure. Uh, it, it's Dick Stacy just saying, "Dick, cunt, fuck." you know sexual innuendo we're, we're thick we're pumped like just over and over again meanwhile the four players on on greyhound are just sort of dragging him through series it after also series. makes them seem like a joke because that's the only thing the team's famous for whereas actually yeah. some of the people who probably deserve credit for their play are never going to get it because they're overshadowed by this guy like you, you, yeah fans and, are just and, too much on that storyline yeah and, and with that in mind you know like you you look at some of the rounds like that Malt Malta had and Dexter had, you know, these guys did fucking pop off at times, yeah, and, and Dexter in particular looks like a legit talent, yep. very looks consistent. Um, you know, it 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 is <laughs> weird that you're basically a four man team <laughs> dragging this guy through games, who's also happens to be the voice of the team, and is casting you in a really bad light. And it's like I, I don't know, it it's fucked up. But but to your point, yeah, for me, you know, you want the underdog to 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 win. Uh, wherever possible, because it keeps things interesting. But man, I feel like Greyhound just got served two fucking teams that had very different kinds of problems. Evil Geniuses, their problem is it was just too soon uh, yes, a tournament exactly. for them. Team Liquid, on the other hand, they're having just not some sort of enough mental... to go through, having all these problems and still win. Of course. Yeah, they're just they're just having a real crisis of confidence again right now, which is something I thought they'd overcome. But it, it, you know, Stewie had a pretty poor show in here. Um, you know. Uh, twists was still good. Uh, Elish was subdued. Um, you know, just lots of things that were going wrong. But that that throw, um, and by throw I, I mean choke, I should say. Obviously, although some people did message me saying, "Richard, they're throwing, they're throwing the game on purpose for betting purposes." Like they're one of the highest paid teams in the world, guys. Like I don't think they want to win like a fucking you know extra you know three hundred dollars on the side or whatever the fucking limited bets are. But but okay, good job. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, they, they, they totally threw this game away in, in a fashion I can't remember Team Liquid doing before. You know, not this not this version of Team Liquid. This is this was an unbelievable, this was like old school liquid choking. And that is a, a big problem. And it fed into this idea that there were problems within the team, which obviously led to this ridiculous situation with the rumors that we'll get to. Uh, but first, I'll just get your thoughts on you know, where Team Liquid needs to be. I, I still subscribe to what I said on the previous episode, where I think they just need to plow through this shit, be like a battering ram, their roster's too good, their team's too good, it will not stay like yes. this. You just have to believe. You're, you were the number one team in the world legitimately. You might not be the number one team in the world now. You might be struggling for form. But if you make a change and fuck with it, you are resetting so much good work for what might be not even a game. So I, I, I hope they do continue and just push through this rough spot. Yeah, the problem I have is I kind of agree. Like I think you should definitely keep the roster. It's got so much potential. But the major issue is in, in between their fucking ears. It's like inside their heads. I actually think personally, even from the major, all the interviews make it sound and from the conversations I've had with them, like they're the ones that overreact. Like they're taking the fact that they lost some scrims as being too indicative of what's happening. Because all I'll say is this, if people wonder why I haven't sort of hit panic stations until now, it's because this is the first time they've actually lost a best of three that looked really bad. 
Every yeah. other time, it was just the best of ones they were losing, or they were losing to Astralis. You can't simultaneously tell me Astralis is the best and then say you are shit if you lose to Astralis. Like, that's the only team that was getting these guys in a best of three. And the last mm. best of three they played was a fucking banger, one of the series of the yeah. year. So this is the first time I've really had my moment where it's like, wow, that is fucking... Like, I would never think they could lose 2-0 in a best of three ground. Absolutely. Yeah, they also have the jet lag excuse. They obviously played the semi-finals in New York and were coming over with not much time off. The problem I have for this team is, I also agree with what you said at the beginning of the segment, which is it just feels like because they have put so much pressure on themselves and they themselves are overreacting so much to these until this tournament, minor problems. I really think that they're a team who, this is a really terrible thing to have if you want to be a great team as well. They can't be second or third best. Like yeah. for some reason, if they don't win some tournaments, I do think they're just going to keep mentally decaying and they're just going to collapse and, and inevitably there'll be a diaspora where they just spread out and go to a bunch of different teams or half the team breaks up and they bring someone else. Whatever it'll be, it's, it just see, it feels like if they don't win a couple of tournaments, that is what they will just do, which is sad to me because, like you say, I've, I think you just go through this stretch. You take it on the chin, you say, listen, this is the fucking hard times, but when we come out of it with all the experience we'll have gained and all the lessons we've had to learn and all the new teams that we have to adapt to, if we get through it, we have the pieces to be a, one of the greatest teams to ever play the game. So I can kind of see both sides of it. Like, I wouldn't blame them in a few tournaments if they have bombed a bunch and they decide to hang it up. It's just that it feels so necessary. So we can talk about what happened, this absurd situation that came about. And remember, guys, you know, look, I talk about this all the time. Um, obviously, when somebody has a good record uh, of being a journalist and breaking stories... Um, you should certainly uh, believe them. No, no issue with that at all. And, I'll, and I, it always pisses me off when I see people going, oh, it's just DK. He gets stuff wrong all the time. I, I think I can probably think of like maybe one story. He has to have one of the best records of all time. Like, not yeah. least because I can even say, it, me and you were in CSGO, so we can say this in a way a fan can. He's one of those guys where if I see a story that didn't happen, I nearly always know well, he was right. Actually, it was in the works, yeah. and it just changed their mind, or they didn't get the player they wanted. You know, someone else exactly. bought him. Like, like yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think there was like one, one story that did change last. The amount of times I've ever heard one from DK, and this is a perfect example, which is like this story where I've never heard a single thing vaguely close to it. I don't think I've that might have happened once ever with DK, and that might have just been my lack of connections. Mm. Because as you say, yeah. the key thing is, if it's DK, my brain goes like this. Well, because he has a track record, that's like he's built up a bank of credit. Now, if there's one where it's on the a question mark, I can give him the benefit of the doubt. He's been right 20 times or he's been right 21 out of 23 times. Or something, you know, like some really crazy batting average. Whereas the difference is, no offense to this guy, I didn't actually recognize this person's name. Like I might have read one of his reports on Rivalry. Mm. Is it Rivalry writes for? Uh, Rushby. Rushby, sorry, yes. Uh, I might have read one of his reports, but unfortunately, when you're a uh, beginning person, people don't tend to look at the name as much as they just read the content, you know. So I just have to say, I couldn't give this person the benefit of that because I don't know them at all. I don't, I don't know their track record at all. I saw some posts saying they've done a couple of other stories, but I, I can't say either way on that one. So basically, what happened was, on the previous episode... Uh, me and Duncan were talking about how there's this like weird vibe around liquid right now. And if we were betting people that we, we would we would assume Team Liquid are gonna do something stupid and make a roster change. And if we were the same betting people that assumed that was gonna happen, we would also assume that it would be Naf who went out because he's the one that's outwardly displaying emo emo signs, tweeting that he's not confident, this sort of thing. And then we further added 
if you were going to replace NAF, you would probably make a beeline for Automatic, who plays at Cloud9. Well, pretty reasonable speculation. Yeah, and, but it was all speculation. Pure and we speculation. made it absolutely clear that's all it was. We were just guys yeah, exactly, in a bar yeah. going, right, who should they pick up for wide receiver yeah. at the next split? You know, that sort of shit. Bizarrely, what happened was that exact same story, as we theory crafted it on this podcast, ended up being reported over on Rush B Media. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? That's like one of those moments where you have to catch yourself like, did I, did I know it? Or, you know, am, am I God? <laughs> did I will it into existence? Obviously, like, yeah. You know? Obviously, this happens to people sometimes. Like, a great example I would give would be sometimes, I know there are a lot of stand-up comedians that people don't understand. There are professional stand-up comedians that really do legit steal material. They just go and take yeah. someone's material and barely reword it and just use it themselves. But there is clearly a real phenomenon in stand-up comedy where someone's just heard so much comedy of other people that eventually an idea resurfaces as their idea. And it's just part, it's yeah. a mixture of parallel thinking and forgetting where you heard it so i, I know what yeah. you mean when i saw the report i even started thinking myself i mean i like sort me. of speculated this myself with people but i don't ever remember anyone else like prompting it. i always said to them like again just a wild theory craft if you had to come up with someone they'd kick naf's the one who doesn't seem to fit the culture if you had to come up with someone they'd recruit well no one hates automatic and automatic in theory has the in with stewie and he's a winner blah, stewie, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah it's one that like so i, I agree i even started thinking to myself like Bear in mind, I know I haven't heard this absolutely anywhere. Why does it feel familiar when it comes out in this report? Like, it did seem a bit weird on that one. Yeah, but then, you see, what, what slowly started to unravel was that Team Liquid, not for the first time, because, you know, I had a terrible track record with Team Liquid. You know, uh, Steve Arnsett's lied to my face before about how, you know, we, oh, we're sorry about what we did and we denied stories of yours in the past and we won't do it again. We'll have better relationships moving forward. Um, they, they used to have a terrible track record with journalists. Um, you know, they were one of the worst orgs for it, frankly. Um, you know, but they were right on this one, um, because they basically were going like, listen, guys, this is, this is fucking crazy. Like, we don't even know where this story had come from. Well, anyway, I've been told that basically what had happened was our fucking podcast, that, that theory crafting went out into cyberspace right and people started talking about it and then it just so happened that this guy's source heard it from one of their sources and so just the and, then, and then told it to, to the right. journalist guys listen i appreciate it blunt smoke and innis destroyer when you support my patreon <laughs> but that doesn't mean you can be a primary source on a future news of stuff you hear on the podcast man. come on please be reasonable you know so so but what's we were the tier sort of, of what's the tier of the patreon where you get to be the primary source on a that's a thousand dollar tier i think yeah yeah thousand dollar donation you can be a primary source <laughs> and any fucking you can just make up any old shit you bananas like. <laughs> bullshit that's just in your head yeah so um so anyway so the story gets published on uh october 3rd and um basically like you know uh, the reporter will land who writes over at rushby he's not the main guy who, who's called ryan i want to stress that and will lance had a couple of uh stories you know that i can think of that have been accurate so people were saying like oh team liquid you know when the teams deny thing it, it deny things it's usually happening but as i said i went out there and asked all my sources like is this fucking real and everyone went nah there's no way like there's just no plans no one's having any talks at all automatic's not scheduled to go anywhere um no one team liquid wants to replace them in fact they're still under contract like for quite some time 
this is this is silly. Uh, it's a silly rumor. And I was like, yeah, I, I fucking guess so. And, um, you know, people, th this guy ran with it and said, listen, I've done my vetting. <laughs> you know, I stand by my sources. We will wait and see. Anyway, the player then, uh, sorry, the, the writer basically had to recant it uh, publicly. Uh, and said, I spoke briefly with Joker Steve from Liquid and updated my story accordingly. I can't stress enough how classy Steve was and that my respect for Liquid has gone up even higher than it was before. I want to apologize to them for any unnecessary friction between the players and our staff. Just to clarify, this wasn't something that was made up out of thin air. Not by you, <laughs> by us. <laughs> by me and Duncan, yeah. Uh, myself and the Rush B team went through the same protocol I've done for any other roster story, uh, which is worrying if you get it this wrong. Um... Uh, all of which were accurate. It has become apparent this was different and the info was incorrect. I can only move on and change my protocol moving forward, which is what I plan to do. Thanks to the journalists I spoke with in private about this for their advice. You know who you are. Again, apologies to Liquid and I appreciate them being a class act. Um, so this was this is like one of those weird fucking situations where it's like, Ooh, you know... I, I have I, a problem with his statement there. His statement yeah. made me more concerned than the initial story. I'll tell you the first obvious reason. When he mm. described that, like, you know, because he was using a lot of buzzwords, like my protocol here and all that. Mm -hmm, you mean your mm -hmm. source. Let's be real. You mean your yeah. source turned out to be full of shit, which probably also means, by the way, homie, that your source isn't a source. As in, it's not someone who has direct information. It's someone else who's using hearsay. Because let's face it, your source mm -hmm. wasn't a fucking team liquid player was it use your brain if it was then they lied to you outright in which case you're in trouble anyway if players are literally setting you up to get fucked but that, like mm. this is a problem is i get why fans sometimes go "Ooh, just says sources who could that mean most of the time that is sources who are really prominent people you just can't reveal because they're prominent you're not supposed to use sources to be, to hide obfuscate the fact that the person even telling you doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about because i've seen people i won't name names famous esports journalists who were i'd say more on the hack end of the spectrum mm. use each other as sources it's like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. is this? Yeah. You're not a source. You're someone who collects info from sources. The best you can do is vet them. So I would I would just say that even the phrasing on that sounds like he almost admitted the truth of the matter and just apologized and said I had shit sources. Next mm. time I won't do that on a story that, you know, obviously could be very controversial in some senses. But instead he sort of backed out and made it sound like, well, who could have seen this coming? Come on, man, child, please. And I'll throw one last thing in <laughs> as well, which is I don't know the guy, so I can't comment on anything else. But I did look, as I said, and check, have I ever seen any other stories by this guy? And I saw mm. on his account on Rush B a, a different story in which I think it was like a roundup type post where he was giving like thoughts on a bunch of things in the industry. It was about the franchising thing. That's right. And in the mm. one about franchise leagues are coming, there's a part where he explains that there's going to be this like third league with NA owners yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. And in the story, all I'll say is this, because this is going to be pertinent to this exact case we're talking about now with NAF. In the story, he explains what his sources have told him about the league, that, you know, it might be like an LCS type format or like two six week things. All I'll tell you is this. I can't say the reasons why, but I can tell you for a fact that cannot be true. The facts of what he has said there can not 
be true. Those things are not decided. They aren't even at the point they've begun to be decided. So I can tell you for a fact, I am I myself can be a sorcerer. That is not true. That doesn't mean though, and this is why I brought up the example, that he is wrong. His sources absolutely could have told him that. The problem is, are his sources actually knowledgeable enough? That's yeah. where I feel like the vetting process went wrong. So all I can say is I've seen two instances now where it appears as though that was his problem, which to be fair, is something a lot of like rookie journalists run into. They don't have the biggest source network. They don't have all the trust of the people yet. That is that is a problem. And sometimes they gamble on a source that's a little more on the edge. It's just that unfortunately, every one of these where you get spared like this, it's going it, to basically it's, it takes away that credit that you build up from the good stories, unfortunately. You know, well, the, the, unfortunately. the interesting thing with this is because Reddit are just fucking saps and morons that had this been somebody like me, right? This would have been career over every report for the rest of my life. You know, that's the pressure you're under every, you know, every time I write something, that's the pressure I know I'm under that if I get it wrong, the, all the haters and fucking gremlins will, will never let it lie. And every time, every time I publish another story, no matter how accurate, even though I, you know, I must be entitled to just be allowed to get one story wrong now with my record. Like, no, n nobody in journalism has a, you know, has a perfect 100% record across their careers. Um, but the idea... And everyone can get fed some bullshit by a source that turns out to be wrong, yeah. of course. That can happen. Exactly. You know, but, but at, the, at the end of the day, what's going to happen is, um, you know, if I, if I, if this was me and I'd got this wrong... Um, everything I publish for the rest of my life would be circumspect. There'd probably be no point in even doing investigative reporting at that point. It just wouldn't be worth it because everybody, you know, it's like the Overwatch fucking losers. Well, he's, he's wrong this time. <laughs> like, you know, they just hope and pray every time I publish a story, it's wrong. And then when it's right, he goes, Rah, I bet he just made it up because he hates Overwatch. He just, he, just he just got lucky. He just got lucky. I've been getting lucky for 15 years. 100% of the time that's that's luck sure um but anyway the, the 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 reality is you know this this guy um has put an apology out and everyone's going to go oh yeah well you know he's pandered to us the fucking community so he's he's all right he is isn't he and it it's fucked up because when people make mistakes like this it does set everybody in in, in journalism back because now team liquid next time they deny a story they can go you remember that last guy he was wrong. We're not lying to you. Trust us, Team Liquid. You know they can say that, and in there's enough doubt sowed in people's minds, just in general for people that do like roster leaks and stuff. You know the amount of shit DK gets compared to like what the Rush B Media guys were getting is like absurd uh, when you consider his record, and you can tell it's just like it's just morons that just regurgitate stuff from like back in the fucking you know back in the day. When there was a bunch of people who actively disliked DK and and they would just spam oh, and by the way, lies about. Like, I'm not going to say that about Rushby in particular. I won't make any comment on them. But there are people who are in our community who incite bad blood against other community members who have been found privately admitting that they themselves would be sources for stories and that they themselves would leak information to certain people that they wanted information out there. So basically, part of my problem, this was always an issue with the whole DK angle is, I don't think general plebs know that a lot of the like sentiment against DK was literally stalked by petty little bitches who just didn't like him as a person and were just mm -hmm. literally had no qualms about 
like crossing the line of integrity and just lying about him and just feeding people false info. Well, not just that. I mean, there was a lot of vested interests coming from, you know, um, I look, I understand as much as anybody how hard it is to get on that first rung of the ladder when you're a journalist, because why would anybody even follow your work? And of course, what DK did, DK was smart enough to use that whole thing with that legit giving guy who basically used his hatred of Mo. It was just a cretin. He's a good example of exactly the behavior I just explained. Yeah, exactly. He, he lacked basically... the one thing you need as a journalist, which is integrity. He had none of yeah. it. He's like, I hate Mo because Mo <laughs> called me out one time. So I'm just going to run this story about him um, having a fucking dating pro profile and be like, is he cheating on his wife? And it's like, dude, that's a fake profile. Uh, you do you do realize that people can set up fake profiles to be you. fair that says it all about the cs community that guy still has a following people well, still sure, watch after sure. that sure and you know he came out apologized i had him on my show and basically like gave him a lecture uh but because dk made a video about that guy and then blew up off the back of that and then people were like trusting him and you know dk's now got a stream sure. where he answers questions and stuff i think there was a lot of jealousy at that time like going oh, well no how doubt. dare he, yeah how dare yeah. he get ahead of us yeah, when we're working hard and we're trying to have a website and we've got good info and we're doing good roster leaks and i think a lot of that bullshit like listen i've said this many many times it ain't like the wild west like when me and duncan were coming up and we used to pop off at each other and i did a podcast with slasher last night and me and slash used to pop off at each other and say outrageous shit because we were fighting for our lives there could only be one like esports journalist one esports editor one person that was known for leaks there just wasn't enough food on the table so that's why we used to go after each other like to the fucking death that and the fact we're all cunts <laughs> i mean that's definitely sure. a factor yeah. too right um but the reality is you don't need to do that now you don't need to do that now. You don't need to sling shit at DK because you want your website to pop off. Just do good work, and it will be its own reward. This was an example of pretty much everything wrong with, with online journalism, not just in esports. This was, this was an atrocious failing um, of reporting. And the fact that we ended up playing like some... We are the origin of the lie is just like so fucking bizarre to me. You know, that should set alarm bells ringing. Oh, wait, that thing that Duncan and Richard theory crafted is exactly happening a, a couple of days. No, it doesn't work like that, guys. The only way that could that could be true is, is if we knew and decided to, like, yeah. seed it and pretend we didn't yeah. know. But why would we have that? Why would we do that? Do you think if we had thing. confidential information, they wouldn't chew us up? <clears throat> of course like, they would. I think the part people are missing is this, is... It's always what I have to explain every time, but I'll explain it for the seven millionth time. People like Richard and DK do not publish everything they hear. I hear loads of stuff because I'm not an investigative journalist. I don't run it down, so I have to take everything as just rumors. And I wait for these guys to actually vet it. And then that's why if you notice, for example, I don't do videos on rumors. I always tell people, even when it's a rumor everyone knows, like Cold Zero is going to go to phase, I still have to wait for it to officially happen before I do yeah. it. Because... All of us who are in the industry hear like tons of potential moves, right? And some of them are just like that that might even be a player in a team seeding a move. He tells his friend, I think this guy should get kicked out. We should place him with something so and so. You get all these rumors. So the weird thing about this particular story, I think this is very, very unusual. And this is why I think personally, the guy himself almost just fully apologized and said it was bullshit, but didn't quite, is I don't know a single person in the whole industry who's even heard of this move. I, I can't find anyone. 
I haven't seen a single person come forwards and say, well, I heard something similar or, you know, I heard it was, yeah, it was naff, but it was a different player. Nobody has. So that's the weirdest part. That's why I say to me, the source was just absolute bonkum. Because the idea that the move could even have been being discussed and no one's heard of it, like I've never seen anything like that. Usually it's the opposite. You'd be amazed how much shit doesn't come out that you hear behind the scenes or how many times you hear that a team's going to break up and they don't. And in fact, they have success later. Like it's usually, it's it's the opposite. People are usually fairly selective about what they publish. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of weird. And honestly, not what Team Liquid needed either. Oh, of course not. Because now <laughs> it makes it look like they're just denying it and they've got all these problems and they're being torn apart. Well, yeah, in, in in particular, the the players, right? It's just, um, you know, it, like I'm I'm not I'm not I don't know how good the communication is in that team. I don't know how friendly they all are with each other. You know, I don't have a frame of reference for that. But if I was NAF and that rumor started going around, and I've had a, like a tournament where I haven't played great, and things aren't going well within the team, that might be setting off my fucking spider sense, dude. Like I might be fucking panicking about that shit. Um, so yeah, like it I was, said, that, that even if you're him, you timing. might even start getting paranoid and thinking one of your teammates has been saying that. Sure, exactly, exactly, exactly. And and I think it's a fucking yeah, it's just not what Team Liquid needed at all. And and that's the risk whenever you're sort of putting stories like this out there. They've got to be right. There's t there's too much at stake for other parties if you're wrong. And I I don't think you just get to shrug it off. Uh, like I say, if this guy goes on to have an immaculate record and never makes another mistake, you know, whatever, it's all part of the learning process. But this was like a, a real critical fail. And you can talk about protocol all you want. The reality is a guy heard some shit from a guy who made up some shit. You published that shit. <laughs> that, you know, this is not what journalism is um unfortunately um and maybe maybe nine, 99 times out of 100 you might get away with it anyway because it might turn out that the guy did hear something and it turns out it's right but but the the structure of how you're approaching the, the process is fucked up you know but ba back to the results so the other team that i wanted to talk about um coming out of here uh was uh g2 um i know obviously you're always uh uh, sort of infused at the prospect of seeing what G2 are up to. This is the, a situation where they've gone to this international lineup, and this was kind of like the lineup making its debut. So again, didn't want to be too judgmental on it. They had a really close best of one, which they beat uh, Furia. Then they went into having to play Astralis in a best of three, and Astralis is pretty hot right now. So um, it was tough, but again, there were signs of life there. Then Nuke, they took it all the way to overtime. Um, but still lost the series 2-0, uh, and then obviously lost to eventual tournament winners, Fnatic. Generally, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say that as a first outing, didn't really get the taste buds tingling, wasn't as exciting or as tantalizing as I thought it was going to be, uh, but it, it was the first event. They didn't have a lot of time to prep with this lineup, so I, I'm not going to judge them too harshly. There was a few bright spots. Jack's incredibly continues to be uh, a fragging machine for them uh, you know i still can't believe it uh hunter seemed uh hit the ground running um but there were there were a few other you know issues um performance wise uh but uh in general um i still think this is a lineup that has promise but i'm going to judge them on the again the next outing i think this tournament came around too quickly for them yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's one of the main reasons why French players 
generally weren't a part of international teams is they were actually, believe it or not, which, I mean, it's bizarre to me because everyone I've ever met who was a French esports person spoke like competent English. Like maybe their accent was rough, but they could always understand me. I was, it's not like when back in the day when I used to go to events and anyone who was like Russian or something, you would just assume, unfortunately, they couldn't talk to you. They couldn't even speak basic English too often. So the idea that like France is the most resistant country to international teams is bizarre, but then it also makes sense in as much as they're one of the, the most idiosyncratic scenes I've ever seen. Like the entire scene has these weird character flaws and things that they think that, are, that don't seem to make sense to others. So like if if a team like that, and remember, not even the best French team, it's different. If you took Ziwu and Alex and then you added a couple of international players, you already have the pieces to hit the ground running with that team. G2 was already a project that a lot of people gave credit to. People like the coaching staff and some of these pieces like Jackson were found out of nowhere who turned out to be better than they were. So the problem is you're trying to complete a, create a completely new type of monster in this G2 team. You're trying to pair these like Serbian players, yeah. well, players from that region anyway, with people mm -hmm. who are French players who've never played with players of that style and that type and background. So I agree. For the first event and with how quickly this event came after they actually made the official signing because if people didn't know that was another thing that was going on in the past some of these players might have been on one of these international teams with the nbks and the lxcbs of the world so i don't think anyone really 100 knew these deals were done until a week or two ago i i think listen it's not a good result but i also can't take too much away from it like it looks shit now but i don't think this is what g2 will look like in a month from now or in two tournaments yeah. from now now whether they're going to be super good that's a massive question mark but i think they'll look a lot better than this yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think they're going to get it right. Um, as right as this lineup can I be. I have some interest in this lineup. You know, I don't think it's a yeah, complete same. Like, waste of time or anything. I think things could come from this. Yeah, and, and and again, it's like it's like I said last last time when 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 because Ocelot is so Carlos is so fucking bold in how he does his business and the sweeping decisions he makes and the risks he takes, you do want him more times than not to come up good because you have to admire that kind of dedication sure. to, to you know, getting it right. And when you think about all the team owners, you know, listen, I don't want to call anybody out, but I could certainly name one or two team owners that um, haven't been this bold, haven't been this exciting, that have just done this sad, cyclical, uh, revolving door policy of just get a player in, go to a tournament, place bad, get a play, change a player, you know, and keep doing it. And, and and until the team essentially dies out and then they drop the roster and go yeah we just had no interest in cs it's just not profitable it's like you didn't you didn't put any effort into your fucking team you know so no wonder it wasn't profitable it can't be profitable because it can't be successful because it's an afterthought you know carlos doesn't do that he takes risks and you know th this one is probably one of the the biggest risks he's taken on his cs team to date so you'll want it to succeed um, for him, for the fans, for the team, for the players. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm watching this uh, lineup next event. And if, they, if they're underwhelming, probably going to get some more harsher criticism uh, from me. I also think, by the oh, way, that, no. that he himself was involved with wanting this international team. Because as I say, generally, the French players have always shown a tendency. They'd rather actually go back and recycle Scream and existence in these players than give international teams a chance. But if I'm Ocelot, one of the reasons I absolutely want a move like this to happen is because even if this roster doesn't succeed, when you have an international roster, you have the opportunity to use your flex as an org. You can now sign the best player in the world in theory. 
one of the things that must suck if you're coming from a game like League of Legends where teams just are international by default if they're in the West is in a game like that, you can do what Ocelot did last year where somehow he got the steal of the century and signed the best player in the fucking entire world that's like not of Asian basically to his team from his rival. Well, in his team, he can't do that. Like if I tell him, oh, by the way, Ocelot, yeah, the best two players at the moment is uh, it's like Simple and Nico. He's like, well, they're not French. So I can't have them in my team. Like that, that's not a good spot as an owner. You have, you don't feel like you have any agency. So, for me, for his team, his team just isn't good enough with the pieces they had in the French scene to ever be a world beater. So why not give it a go? He's got the money in his org and the resources and the brand power that if he can make this a real phase type thing in the future, it can be a destination for the best player in the entire world. It really can be. Because people know, people fuck with the G2 org for sure. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, great business sense, great sponsors. Uh, actually, one of the few orgs that are making money off their merch. And making sure the shops no were plugged and stuff. They've yeah, built up that yeah. fan culture. They've done a great exactly. job. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about fucking Carlos, man. A lot of people don't like how fucking in, in uh, your face he can be on Twitter and stuff. People don't realize that's part of the brand. That's part of the culture there. That's who he is. That's who he's always been. This this is a player that was controversial back when he first came through in League of Legends. Like, And, and he's managed to translate all of the things that make him a great guy and make him successful. And basically like the fucking guy at the start of Prometheus who drinks the drink and ends up in the water. You know, Carlos is the fucking DNA of G2. So, um, yeah, it, it's I, I really wanted to work out for them. You know, it, it, sorry to be gushing and fanboy or whatever. I, I want this team to work. I want it to work for Hunter and Nexa as well, by the way, not just the existing French players. These guys, this is their first big team. And, man, they do they deserve this shot? You know, think about the careers they've had where Hunter... You know, it was always sort of casually just dismissed, like, oh, he's a good player, Nico's cousin, good player, Nico's cousin. He's a legit world talent now. Nexa, cast out by Renegades. Deemed the best not stories, good enough. Yeah, and it's like these guys are now playing for fucking G2. Like, if you love underdog stories, you want these dudes to succeed. So that, that's where I'm at. Uh, let's talk about Ents. Um, man, fuck me, this Alexi B move uh, is working out real fucking embarrassing. It's mad, isn't it? It is and working then, out real embarrassing. And by the way, of normally, I really fuck with Alo as a person. Like, I love his vibe. Mate, like, he's a great guy. You know, love he's just, that guy. He's just the guy. sort of person who tickles me just the right way. And like, I even like competitively the way he has, like, on the one hand, he has a troll mode, but then he has a very serious mode as well. Yep. The only thing I've got to say is, how badly the tone of that fucking statement he made after they got whacked from this event came off. You know where he was like, give yeah. me all your hate. Like, it's like, mate, you can get it all. You can get all this smoke. At least and when Ivan Drago was saying it, he was banging right motherfuckers exactly. out. He the was killing with, Apollo Creed. That's the problem. He said this comment as though he secretly knows in practice. It's all just like, you know, it's teething problems. And he knows that, you know, when they hit the ground running, they're going to tear shit up. You don't know any of that. You mm. don't want any of this smoke, Alu. Everyone in the top 10 right now can get you guys if they play you. You're in terrible shape as a team. And everything about the squad looks bad. Like, stylistically, it looks shit. Most of the players aren't play well sonny's not even bad he's just been like semi-invisible it's like there's i don't even know what positives there actually are to try and take from it so i just keep hoping it's a fucking bad dream and they're gonna snap out of it and be really good in like two tournaments that's where well, i'm at with them they feel shit to me i think it looked terrible dude no look i'm gonna i'm gonna read you the results start right they get knocked out uh, on the easiest side of the bracket at the major, 2-0 by fucking renegades should have been a layup Ants could have been in back-to-back -back finals they weren't. Whatever. They go to Blast Pro Series Moscow. 
they win one map. In a against, pretty poor field as well, remember? Yeah, against NIP. They lost to a Vanguard, they drew with MIBR, they drew with Na'Vi, uh, lost to Forza, right? Then they go to ESL1 New York. They lost not one series, but two series to a G2 mixed team com containing Kiyoshima, who knew he wasn't getting signed, and Lucky, who knew he wasn't sticking around. Congrats, though. You did beat E-United. You then go to DreamHack Malmo. You lose to Vitality. You lose to Furia, who, uh, who have just made a roster change themselves. Ripe for the taking. And then... You're gonna talk about give me your hate, and it's gonna be it's gonna be all right, dudes. This couldn't have gone worse, by the way. I, un, unless Alexi B was doing something unbelievably heinous to all of you, this will go down as one of the worst roster decisions of all time in CS:GO. Not it's hyperbole. Got, it's got the potential for it for real. Not not right hyperbole. Yet. Yeah, like I am really struggling to think of a team that has removed its in-game leader and then gone to complete shit and then tried to justify the decision to the degree of the delusions that are going on over in the Ants camp. They were the number two team in the world. What like six months ago? This is insane. How badly this has gone and yes i see a lot of phases there's a lot of fair people saying phase in, in the chat i think i think this is worse i think this to be is fair phase phase was better yeah. than fucking nc's now give them yeah. credit phase was still making a top eight of majors like they weren't mm. terrible like this sense right now yeah. can't beat almost anyone in the best of three it's fucking ridiculous yeah it, it, it's really really bad and um you know like obviously for Sonny's sake, you want it to go right. Again, this is a guy who got sidelined over at Mouse Sports when he probably didn't deserve it. Um, had to spend all that time in the contract gulag, looking over at Ents, sort of almost waiting for it to get fucked up. Then comes in, it, it, not replacing the player he thought he was going to be replacing, but replacing the in-game leader. Having to work under a novice in-game leader who I'm not convinced by. And you're just losing game after game after game. And I'm telling you guys, it cannot continue like this. You were plummeting down the rankings. Ents were hot shit. There was talk about them maybe even getting bought out by big fucking orgs for millions. Ain't none by of that's way, happening now. Just as an aside, even though if you're Alexi B, obviously it's mad distressing to get caught from this team. You put so much in, you thought you were going to accomplish things. It kind of telling though, that even though he's yet to play another game for another org, He's going to get an insane offer that he is going to take. And actually, I, I don't know. This shows how fucked the world is. So by cutting Alexi V, he might not only end up on a better team, but probably for like four times the salary. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this couldn't have worked out any worse. Well, we'll guys. talk about the roster stuff <laughs> while while we're here talking about ends. So obviously I, I did the story. Um, you know, I went through and vetted my sources uh, to bring uh, a story about the deal that was on the table um for uh, alexi b to potentially join complexity and man alive it's one of, it was one of the biggest deals i've seen in my time um you know 
reporting on CSGO, reporting on esports. Put it this way, uh, even though and, I, and I knew similar things to what you're referring to, obviously I didn't have exactly the same sources, I probably had different people. I had heard similar things, For exact, so for example, mm. based on the information I know, I totally get why he turned that offer down, why he's taking the other offer and it makes sense and it's going to be an amazing offer. But put it this way, the complexity offer was so crazy that even knowing that, even though I actually sort of agree with Alexi B to take the other offer, it's mm. so crazy to just think of the numbers and the terms of the deal that part of my brain, it still thinks like, how can you turn that down? Now, even though I'm saying yeah. like there were viable options that made total sense. It's like, that's the level we've got to on how crazy it is. And by the way, the real joke of it all is this. In the next few months, when you find out what the next leagues are for next year, <laughs> what really is going to happen, you are going to yeah. find out what one of my biggest frustrations in this industry, and it goes like this. The same NA owners who in about six months and already have been doing this will have the goal to tell you, but we must have a franchise league because look at how much we're losing on player salaries. Are the same people about to inflate the fucking market? So what they're are. doing, and by the way, this only looks weird in esports because it's not politics. In politics, this is done 24-7. You create the problem you're, you wanted to solve. That's what you do all the time in politics. You reverse engineer a scenario in which the only solution people can be presented with is what you wanted to do from day one. That's what mm. these fuckers are doing, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what happened here was, uh, so the, the details of the deal, basically it was like a package. So you had the salary in there. I think there was some like performance bonuses. You know, he's in like luxury housing, like all the complexity people are going to be. And basically it was like a total package worth like a um, million dollars or thereabouts uh, for two years. And it's like, you're turning that down because you don't want to live in N.A.? You don't want to live in, like, Dallas? Put it this way, like, for people who don't get this, Richard, holy you shit, and I remember, crazy. it would have been when we were probably, like, 10 years old, was when we, the first signings were taking place in the Premiership for $1 million, like, mm. £1 million, rather. That used to be the number in the 90s for, like, transfer signings for, like, talented football players. So the <laughs> oh, idea yeah. we're already there in Counter-Strike, and people are turning the deals down, that's already so surreal to me. I can't even believe it, almost. Yeah, it, it it was it was a wild story, like um, you know, and 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 one that I thought was worth reporting on, like not not my usual kind of story, but again, I think I think it shows it's like it sh well, it shows lots of things. First of all, it shows where Alexi B stocks at. I think that's interesting. Um, it shows where we're at economically speaking, what kind of deals are out there from the VC backed dogs like Complexity. It shows where Complexity is right now in terms of the deals. You know, we all remember Jason during the major, Jason Lake saying. You know, we're going to build a juggernaut and all of this stuff. Um, looks like he's definitely got the money to do it. And then, interestingly enough, it probably tells you that Blame F got a similar deal. Uh, because he was he was the guy that uh, took took this job. Yeah, that's so, also the downside of this story. Is no, that, I, don't, listen, I don't know that for a fact. But I mean, just I, tell I, I, me. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I would assume so. Based on what I'd heard, it sounded like he got a fucking unbelievable deal. There's the mm. other part of the pro story that's my problem, Richard is for me, this situation stinks of when MIBR went for Simple and Flamey and Simple and yeah. Flamey didn't come and then Nico didn't come and then no. And then what happened was they just were so horny to get a superstar name 
they ended up having to take Stewie 2K, which, listen, no offense to Stewie 2K, you are not simple and equal and you will never be. And that level of impact was unreasonable to expect. But the problem is, Stewie 2K's name value almost met the criteria. He was a major champion or he's been a big name NA player. But it felt like the same thing. It's like you went for a really bold move. And the problem is, when you actually found out you couldn't do the move, you still pulled the trigger on it anyway. And that's yeah. my only problem with this issue is if you just tell me last year that complexity gets blame F and I go, all oh, right, did they get him on like a good deal? Like he's got potential. He's a good player. I'd say that's a good signing. The problem yeah. is when you tell me you're going to be a juggernaut and that's your big signing is blame F, it ain't big enough, mate. And it isn't big enough for this deal, I'm afraid. Yeah, listen, uh, it, this is an interesting aside, a little bit of a sneak uh, preview. Uh, for guys watching the podcast, I actually interviewed Blame F for the Rivalry uh, YouTube channel, uh, which you guys can go up and sign up to now. It's Rivalry CS over on YouTube. That interview is going to come out in the next couple of days. It's his first long form interview. Um, and I, you know, I promised I'd take it easy on him because it was his first interview. There's a lot of questions I wanted to get through. The guy is a very impressive young dude. I mean, I want to, I want to say this, like everything he says on point really intelligent you you know i i don't i didn't believe some of the answers i got because for example he said one thing like um you know that they're he's happy that the focus is on these five players that they've got on the roster right now he wants to work with that for a few months and if he didn't believe that team could actually improve and and, and do well at tournaments he wouldn't have left denmark right it's a politician uh, to come and play out so... yeah no but a bit, as he's saying it you you know you almost believe it like i'll be okay. i'll be honest uh you know if he sees this i didn't believe that answer when you served it up to me but um you know it, who gives a fuck what i think if I, right? all i'm gonna say is this blame f right i want to do to you i remember there was a classic segment on some like talk show might have been like my like, best damn sports show or something you remember that like talk show they used to have in america yeah where i remember they got on ray lewis the legendary fucking like linebacker for the ravens right legendary and they hooked him up to a line detector <laughs> and they said they said do you did you really think trent dilfer was a good quarterback and he failed the lie detector because yeah, listen yeah, yeah. no matter because the reason i give this example by the way is because really this is another great guy who obviously would sing the praise of every teammate and be like listen trent was not a great quarterback traditionally but you know he brought something to the team and we could work with him you know he'd do the same thing wouldn't he but my point is this a blame if i could get you on that fucking lie detector you would you would fail when i asked you if you thought <laughs> death was a really good fucking cs pro player you there's no way you're passing that lie detector it's going to be more more fucking lines up and down than the fucking blast pro series investment and loss fucking graph isn't it like <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this though it's a really good interview he talks about developing some of the younger players he's worked with which is incredible because he's only like fucking you know 22 himself or whatever um and and it there's just so much so many good answers there like talking about working with like other in-game leaders and stuff like it, it's it, it's definitely worth everyone's time um but yeah i agree not a big name but he is somebody who I do think, and I, you know, he he's a hundred percent won me over. I'm I'm like a fan. It's a good of gamble. Now. It's just like yeah, I said. The problem I, is sometimes I, I, the price is too high, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, look, if it works out that he's a competent in-game leader, keep in mind again because he's Danish, opens up the door to one sure. of the fucking best talent pools in World Counter Strike configs out Speaking there Speaking of which, mate, later on yeah. in this whole show, there's already yeah. one move that we've discussed many times. That I'm so glad is happening. Speaking yeah. of the Danish scene. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll wrap up the Malmo stuff. But anyway, um, the, the other story is that, that links to Alexi B, just while we're here and we're over it, was um, this whole thing about OG getting yes. into Counter-Strike. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we'll, we'll do it now then. Um, you know, keep in mind, we keep being fed this whole thing about um, there's no money in CS. It's just not profitable. People still keep coming into it. Like, you know, I, I don't understand um, what the how these two things you know, kind of relate to each other. What's what's the correlation? It's weird, that isn't it? Every time someone says that to me and has over the years, no money in CS. I go, well, why don't you piss off then? Well, not so quick. I mean, if we <laughs> yeah, exactly. fuck you. That's what I yeah. say to that. Like, get out my face. Um, but we had this. Uh, we had this like weird situation uh, come up. So just for those who who know, uh, who, who saw the report, but if you haven't, what was going on was OG is saying they're coming into CS. This is the lineup that they're talking about. NBK, Alexi B, Valda, Issa, and Yampi. Now, straight up, uh, this says, first of all, Valda's going to go back to not being an in-game leader, which is oh, great yes. news because we want to see the best of him. By the way, did a wicked job as an in-game leader as well. Because yeah, what a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Just, the, just do anything he wants. <laughs> one of the best all-rounders in World Counter-Strike right now. So underappreciated. Um Getting MBK and Alexi B as we knew they were going to kind of hook up and that, that was going to be the bedrock of whatever team, whatever org they ended up playing for. You've co you've got your more kind of like supportive element covered. You've got your in-game leader covered. Now you've got Valder, genuine firepower, by the way. Great all-rounder, clutch under pressure, like like a Zipnix type player, but maybe even with bigger fragging potential. Issa's a tricky one for me. Um, Issa is a guy who really fucking fell off. Um, he, he had that massive spike in ability. We all had to eat humble pie. And then shortly after we just put the fork down, he went back to being a very ordinary player. Now, that said, he was playing in a very dysfunctional Hellraisers, which sure. has now been cast to the fucking, you know, four wins. And uh, that's that, right? Um, so, can I get back to it? Maybe, maybe not. I will say Issa and Yampi almost feel like placeholders. They don't really Those belong. Just gambles. They just see yeah. The Yampy move is inexplicable to me. I don't understand how he gets that level of. Uh, I understand he's like, you know, eighteen. I understand he's an orper. So there's a lot of kind of hopes on him breaking out and being this big star. And, and orpers are at a premium anyway. Listen, the Issa yeah. one, that's just a gamble. You're just gambling. Maybe he becomes good. I'll take a chance on him. Mm. The Yampi one sounds absolutely like a placeholder. That's like we literally can't get anyone else right now. So here's someone who vaguely has some potential. For now, mm. just take him because we couldn't get any other big name. Like, I think there's so many players they would have slotted here if they could. Now, with that said, right, one of the things that we do have a tendency to do on this show is when these unproven younger players come through, um we do have a tendency to kind of maybe run them down a little bit i still i think it's reasonable i think it's fair because they haven't done anything sure. except look good but you know so far the ones that have turned out well the gambles you know you think about frozen and how he's worked out over a mouse sports th th there's a real chance that this could work out as a move yeah of course um you know but for me uh, when you're when you're announcing like when you start going down a list and you go nbk alexi b valder and then you end the list on on yampi you have to understand that it's almost like the expectation has been set prior to, to, to you with the other players that are there. Basically, you know? if you hear those three names first, you're loving it, right? You're going, yeah. NBK, ooh, yeah, like that. Alexi beat course, let's give that a go. Valde, if the next two names come out and it's like config and like you got, now nah, we're in business. The problem is the last two names kind of kill the hype a little bit, don't they? They kind of yeah. make you think like, are they even going to be there in three months, six months? Are they really? Both of them? Yeah. Maybe one will be, but will both? I don't know about that.
And then there was a story that came up about uh, OG might not have even secured this team. By the way, just a quick because aside. Because of the buyouts. Yeah, Be did you see being that? As, in light of what happened last episode, where last episode was the one where, you know, EG had won the event, etc. Why are fans like this, right? The number one narrative that triggered me about Evil Geniuses winning New York was people actually saying it's because of the EG org. Now that they've brought back a legendary yeah. game, the players have the confidence. It's like that is the dumbest narrative of all time. No, that, that Those players were just good yeah. enough anyway. So again, yeah. same thing like, oh, gee, they won the international. That has no relevance on CS. That has no relevance. Nothing within their org, winning the international in Dota 2, has any relevance to whether their team will be good in CSGO. Like zero connection. So that isn't even a narrative. It's just someone observing basic facts. Like, th so the team. Yeah, observing team things that. that happened. There's no connection. <laughs> things that have wars, happened, you know? and then trying to spin it into so can we like please fan just fiction. leave that narrative yeah. out of this entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, that's it. Yeah. I, I, but uh, anyway, there was this uh, situation that kind of cropped up where uh, the report i can't remember who who did the report sam do, do you know who it was was it dk or i think it was nell wasn't it i think it was, was it only nell? one vp pro or whatever was the... i think I'm, yeah. i might be right on that am i wrong uh let me yeah if you can get it for me but basically it was if you can just dig it out um but basically the, the story that came up it was nell was it um the story that came up was that they might not have the have secured this team because they might not have actually paid the buyouts that they were asking for. Um, which is like just this such know, a quintessentially esports situation. Now I did hear some rumors about the level of buyouts uh that that were being floated around. Um it's fucking pretty crazy. I mean Alexi B I'll I'll just put this out there. Um the, the buyout is uh let's say more than half a million dollars i'll give you a counterpoint and this is the counterpoint which i believe is the position the orgs who are charging these buyouts see and the orgs who are paying the buyouts like if you remember on the last episode we pointed out that eg paid three million dollars for the cs lineup which if you hear that number you can't help but be triggered by that you can't help but think holy shit three million three million mm -hmm. but here's the here's what are people think in the industry they think this because they want cs to be a money maker I mean, a ridiculous term in esports, but I'll use it anyway for the sake of what people would say. They want it to be a moneymaker like League of Legends and Overwatch League. So the logic goes like this. If you want to get started in Overwatch League or LCS, you better have like 30 million, 50 million. You better have mad money to invest. So the logic goes like this. They're going to charge prices because there is no buy-in for a slot here. There is no fee to be part of the league. It's going to be buyouts that's going to be it. So if you want to come in the CSGO and get these players... Yeah, you know what? You don't have to pay 30 million. You might have to pay 3 million, though. You might have to pay 5 million. Those are now going to be considered real terms. Now, that's worrying if you're from CS, because you can just see how I explained there. That is entirely market inflation. That has nothing to do with anything tangible. It's not even based, and this is the madness of esports right now, on any of the earning potential of any of the players you're signing. You can never make the money back off them on some of these deals that are that crazy. But it's just... As you can see, CS will never be completely separate from the esports ecosystem. As as they go, so we will go. So we're getting dragged along into their world and their problems. It's just unfortunately the way of the world. Yeah. Like we can't go back on this one. You can't put that VC genie back in the bottle, I'm afraid. And you know, the the worst part is uh as well, it's not apparently it doesn't just apply to LXCB. Like the 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 issue there 
is um, just a very simple one is buyouts high, OG don't want to pay it. You've now got this crazy situation with uh, it's this MBK. You know, when he went from G2 to Vitality, there was a buyout there. Now we've got the same shit going on where MBK's, you know, everyone's holding out for these big buyouts. And um, yeah, apparently Valda might be the only player they've actually secured in terms of the, the three they would need to buy out. So uh, a sizable amount. Right, someone just wait there while I go and convince uh, Issa's buyout to be way too high. Right, I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> so yeah, it pretty pretty <laughs> fucking crazy, dude. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, that's what's going on over there. Obviously, we'll monitor that situation. I think on the surface, just to comment on the roster, should it go ahead? Intrigued, but not excited. I think would sort of sum up my sentiment. I'd need to see them at a few tournaments and see what their skill ceiling is going to be like. See if Yampi can kind of hope, uh, kind of cope with the, you know, taking on a better caliber of opposition. Uh, if MBK can get back to form, because again, love him, but he had a pretty stinking run of it the major. Um, so lots of questions, lots of questions. What's you know, what, how's the language barrier going to impact on the team? Because everyone's going to have to speak English. You know, lots of stuff going on here, lots of movement parts. So uh, I'll wait and see. Anyway, we'll wrap up uh, Malmo. A couple more points to talk about. Na'Vi. Now, I had Na'Vi winning this, and I honestly thought they were going to do it. Uh, can can we just go back to the Zeus is a cunt speech and, and just... It's looking better this... now, isn't it? That's aged like a motherfucker, mate. It's looking good. Mate. I know, yeah. And this hasn't aged well. If anything has aged fucking well... Just look at this Na'Vi roster and how they played. And keep in mind, I think they actually could have gone further and done a little they bit more. They have more potential than this, for sure. The, the problem you had was in the Vitality uh, series, Guardian was a non-factor. That's the problem. Unfortunately, really Guardian was really, really poor. Um, and it was, and he was really poor on maps where you needed your Orpa to come up big. He, you know, he had overpass because you know Navi just were, were there, sixteen six on Nuke. You know that's Vitality's pick. You've won the series, guys. But on overpass, they got absolutely fucking battered because they didn't string a T side together, and and they had a lot of problems with Guardian in that regard. Um, and then obviously on Dust Two, famously Guardian's playground, right? A, a, a place you expect them to really dominate, um, statistically speaking. It didn't happen. That was the margin of error here. I mean, Simple didn't play like amazing uh, no. god tier. Uh, but you, you want to know the other thing that aged fucking well? What did I tell people? No Zeus. Now you activate Flamey. Flamey comes online. He just hates playing with Zeus. Because obviously, because Zeus is just a fucking loud, brash moron that just puts Flamey off kilter. Because Flamey is the complete antithesis of that, and Flamey balled out at this fucking tournament. So again, go get those two clips. Zeus is a check stealing cunt. With him gone, Flamey's gonna play well. And then tell me I don't know fucking shit about this. Because I've been. This is what I've wanted as a guy that like has been obviously following Navi since they burst onto the scene, uh, back in one point six. This, you know, this is what I've wanted for this team for a long time. And just 
everyone playing with smiles the on their faces. The amount of firepower is nuts in this team, isn't it? It's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, it's got firepower. Boomich is doing a great job. But the attitudes, Duncan, the attitudes, you know, the, the encouragement for their fucking teammates. Simple and Guardian were meant to have beef, yet when Guardian was being interviewed, you've got Simple in the background going, this guy is so fucking good. Like, Hatchet's buried. Like, Zeus is gone. The black cloud is lifted. Next event they go to, I don't know which one it is. I haven't even looked yet. Back them. I'm telling you. This was an aberration. They should have been in the final. I think they could have won the whole tournament if they'd got there. Sure. It, it was literally one poor series from Guardian. It gave Vitality the edge they needed to make it to the final. That's absolutely my take. And, and, and I'm telling you guys, I know I bang on Zeus all the time. I hope people start to understand why. He has been a millstone around that team's neck. He's been a black cloud like that fucking cunt in fucking Charlie Brown. Just following, you know, this team around, raining on its fucking parade. And they're unleashed now in his absence. It's Seriously, if you're an RV fan, the rest of this year is looking pretty bright as I see it. If Simple gets anywhere close to the level he was at earlier mm. in the year, this team's going to be fucking problem for a lot of squads. Like, everything looked good. Like you were saying in that veto, if you look at the veto initially, you're like, Vitality's yeah. killed this. They've got all the maps they want. When mm. Na'Vi wins Nuke, you're like, holy shit, this should be 2 this should be two zero Na'Vi. They've done yeah. it. Like, this team's way better than expectations. So I agree. I actually thought when they got the semis, they said, bless most. Like, once I knew Astralis doesn't win this, that other semi, I was like, this should be Na'Vi's event. So... Like, fair play to Fnatic, but I actually would have had them, like, third out of the three oh, teams dude. left. Like, I never thought they would win it. So, I mean, that's why, if you notice in my tweet, people will think I'm shitting on them. I think this was, like, their equivalent of Magic, mate. It was, it was unbelievable. Mm. I don't think it can happen again, though. No, it, it can't. Well, I'll just give a few quick thoughts to Vitality, um, because it was their first tournament out with Shocks. I mean, first of all, Ziwoo... Still pretty fucking god tier, isn't he? I mean, the, the kid is still balling out of control. Very pleasantly surprised with how this started out. I almost feel that they knew their first tournament, they had to look good. Uh, because <laughs> I still think the story ends with this team playing poorly, Shocks becoming an in-game leader AWP, Alex getting kicked, uh, you know, fucking Kenny S joining. It's, it's going to be some insane nightmare. I think that's how the Vitality story ends. But maybe before you get to that point, there can be some bright spots. They weren't good enough in the final against Fnatic. Uh, the, but it was it, it was an uh, amazing final. Like, really good series. Super close. Back and forth. High, high skill games. But Shocks looked, you know, pretty decent. Uh, wasn't great in the final but over the course of the tournament, definitely had his moments, definitely had his rounds and was instrumental in Vitality getting as far as they did. So on the surface of it, a move I was initially squeamish about and didn't like certainly seems to have been a step in the right direction if we just take this one tournament as sort of a preliminary sure. judgment. No, I also thought they looked good. Like, I, like probably the most essential part is that it didn't affect Zewu at all. He was still just yeah. a stud player. But let's be real, he's probably just the best CS player in the world right now, isn't he? Like, Simple's just not Yeah, simple with Simple moment. dropping off, I think, I think right it's fair now, to give him the title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously not for the year, but just no, no. right now. Yeah, yeah in this I, moment. 
But that's significant. Yeah. Like, again, when someone's in their first real year as a pro, the idea they'd become the best in the world is pretty ridiculous. Like, what a great accomplishment. Yeah. So props to him. And as you said, like, Shock's had his games where he looked really good. He didn't look like he'd had time to transition into the team yet. He looked a little bit off from some of the others. But I thought there was a lot of potential in this squad. The map pool still looked good. Uh, basically, they retained most of the strengths and then added Shocks, who's obviously got an interesting X-Factor element. So yeah. I'm quite excited for this team as well. Like, this was one I actually didn't know where they'd be coming in the next few months. So the radar right now in terms of top teams... Fucking hell, there's so many that are going to be battling for these titles. This could be an amazing run of form in the next yeah. three months in terms of like championship level Counter Strike. We're going to have some banging games, I can tell. Oh, definitely. Uh, and then just to wrap it up, obviously, the winners, uh, Fnatic. <laughs> Guys, like, I, I, I am telling you, I, I, you know, even though you went on and won the tournament after we said we were underwhelmed with the idea of you bringing fucking Golden uh, back and bringing Flusher back and rolling back those fucking years. Are people going to respect Golden now? Like, is, is it enough? Has he done enough at Fnatic to oh, get my some fucking part, goddamn respect? Like, My favorite part of all of this, Richard, and I'll just tell you straight up, is that I mentioned it on this show. People can go back in time a year or so. It'd be like a year and a half now and look at the times when we were talking, right, when we knew that the rumor was that Golden would be removed. The mm. first people I ever heard who started disparaging Golden were fanatic fucking players themselves yeah. while he was still in the team telling me like, nah, he's overrated. He's not actually as good tactically as he looks, you know. Some of that stuff's our calls and stuff. Same cunts, of course, bring him back now and then claim they never mistreated him at all and they always loved him. So, as usual, the full fucking PR. I know that I know Sweden as a country is absolutely riddled with PR and living in a fucking gaslit universe, but I don't know why Swedish Counter-Strike has to be. <laughs> Because this guy always should have been given more of a chance. As soon as yeah. he won those two tournaments, I don't care. He should have been told, the next year's yours. If you fail after that, we'll cut you, of course. But you get that, that buys you a lot of credit. Like, you really get a chance to go with this has, team. Has there ever been an in-game leader come from an academy side, take over a failing team, and then within three tournaments, uh, win two of them, and then get kicked? I, I mean... It, it, it's well <laughs> via way of being turned into an entry fragger I, it's such a bizarre story what happened with golden and, it, and i feel like it happened over the space of like three months you know it wasn't a long period of time at all from going from his e-league debut i think it was because i remember him flying straight out there and going literally getting off the plane see, and then sure. getting caught in atlanta traffic and going straight onto the server to play for them when he hadn't slept in like you know 30 hours or whatever it was because of like freak weather conditions that's how much he was willing to bleed for the cause then they get then they get two tournament wins back to back including that mad one in fucking china where they just give you money for going uh and then entry fragger and kicked it's like and uh, they were already going to kick him before WESG. Exactly. That's exactly the problem. The problem is this. So I actually had an interview I still haven't brought out for whatever reasons. We'll put that at one side with Khan because initially he asked me to hold it because I had sensitive information in and then eventually I just never got around to putting it out. But I'll put it out in the next month or two. I'll get around to digging those up. And basically one of the things he mentioned within that that I was told was that, yeah, the team had already planned months before they won those tournaments to kick Golden basically. They already decided. Yeah, yeah, no, like, it's true. You know, we're going to kick him. We're going to get exist. So the problem I have is when I hear that, holy fuck, that means that these players nothing could have happened to change their mind. Like, as far as I can tell, all no. would have had to have won every tournament he played with them just for them to consider maybe what we're about to do isn't the right move. They'd already decided there's a foregone conclusion. 
And the, and yet they bring him back and instantly win another fucking tournament, just like they won the other ones. Where yeah, it looked like a bit ropey, and you think, how the fuck did they win those games? But they did. Like this guy is literally right now in a in a Swedish scene that has no leaders. He's like yeah. a fucking talismanic force at this point in time. Well, he's he he is like the number one uh, pick, dude. Like, you know, I was saying when it looked like he was never going to get another chance because he had the health problems in fucking Cloud Nine. Things didn't go well over there. You know, I was like, okay, now you need to double down and develop Hampus as a talent because that's pretty much where you are in Sweden. Pronax ain't coming back, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And no one else is stepping up to this fucking plate. Not unless you know Flush is going to have another go at it, or Olaf's going to decide to do it in his fucking twilight years, or or, or whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, it turns out Sweden does have a great in-game leader. It's the, it's golden. Um, he just wasn't in Sweden. And no one in Sweden wanted to play with him. People in Sweden thought Exist was a better option than him. <laughs> I still can't believe it. Um, I'm like, D-Man, I don't believe it. It's just ridiculous. The whole story is so insane. And this just puts like the full stop at the end of the insanity. It's like, where would this fanatic lineup have been? Where would any fanatic lineup have been had they just stuck with Golden instead of this deranged nonsense about, oh, let's bring existing because he's a nice guy. If that thought hadn't just entered into their fucking head, how many trophies would they have had by now? Who knows what the entire Counter-Strike landscape looks like? It's so crazy. But it, I'm glad it's course-corrected, and it's bore itself out. Fnatic must have been nowhere to win this tournament. Even on Swedish soil, I could probably have picked, like, five teams. I would have easily placed ahead of them. Um, new lineup as well. You factor that in. They had no right to, do, to go deep, let alone fucking win the whole thing. One point that's absolutely got to be brought up as to why they did that. He's had a lot of false dawns. Uh, JW was just immense this tournament. Oh, of course. This Andy is the best back I've seen him playing about. He was doing all the yeah. like he wouldn't just frag, he would get the frags that are like the impossible frags that you shouldn't even get that provide some like ridiculous map pressure that just changed the whole course of the game. It was ridiculous the shit he was pulling. No, I mean, like legit, like this is this is the best I've seen him play in about two years. And 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 when you look at uh you know all the parts around him, Crims looks to be energized again, looks to be into it again, had a little bit of spice. You know, he was tweeting at Pimp, like, what's up, bitch? Like when they won and, and stuff, and that's banter, that's fine. No one's complaining about that. Um, you know, fucking Golden was actually fragging in, in some of these series. Uh, you know, like, Brolin, the young kid, keeps developing, keeps getting better every tournament he's going to. Just, like, all right, I get it now. You know, if you if, if they can maintain these levels of form, suddenly Fnatic are in that mix to begin the semifinals, quarterfinals, finals. You know, I don't know if they can win another tournament, but who, honestly, who fucking knows? This does kind of feel like an aberration, and with all the other stuff that was going on with Liquid and EG and everything else, but the win over Astralis in particular, more than beating Vitality, that's where you know they're legit. Nobody could have called 2-0. Nobody. So, again, it's another case of, what are Fnatic going to do next time? What are they going to do at the next tournament? Um, and I'm excited because the more people that are in that mix at the top, the better. Uh, the better it is because you, you can't pick these easy winners. Uh, right. Uh, any, any final thoughts on Malmo, Fnatic, um, or anything before we start yeah, wrapping up? Like, the here's show? the thing. In isolation, what a brilliant story the Fnatic run is, even the teams they won. As you said, the fact that they beat Astralis legitimizes the win even. It wasn't like they just got a bomb bracket and skipped everyone because obviously they initially had with how it was going before then. But 
Look at the teams they beat. Vitality was a team that was, showed a lot of potential. They beat them in the final. The problem is, I do think it was like mild overperformance by some of the players. And I think, yeah. uh, again, extenuating circumstances with other teams kind of cleared the route, route a little bit. So what I would say of a Fnatic is, they look like they have the pieces to be like... What I like about them is they look like they will make for great games. They look like the catalyst for like exciting yeah. matches, even with the playing style of some of the players. I just don't buy them as like a championship contender. I, I don't think they're a top five team by the end of the year put that way yeah yeah that, that might Just be true a bit of firepower don't really have the true superstar type guy who takes over the game you know yeah and, and so much is contingent on jw continuing to play at that exactly. level and crims continuing to play at the level we all know crims can play at so uh, a lot of question marks about him but man what a great fucking story dude sure. um yeah, also hilarious just yeah, also hilarious just to see all the little fucking turncoat bitch fans, which oh, is what I'm always talking about. Because when they were playing NIP, it was all NIP, NIP. Like, they were straight loving it. Then NIP get knocked out by Fnatic. Those guys literally, you may as well just have reversible jerseys at this point, you fucking degenerates. They don't, the, the next day, Fnatic, Fnatic, the same people. I'm looking at the, God knows they show the fucking fans enough. In the fucking broadcast, it's the same faces. I see you. I know who you are. Uh, right. Let's a uh, couple of quick roster hits, and then uh, we'll do questions and get the fuck out of here. And you can enjoy the LA bushfires. Um, so uh, North have confirmed uh, Cajun B uh, is in the lineup. Obviously, uh, Valda is a substitute. Wink, wink. Like, definitely not a sub uh, is going. Uh, watching this North team kind of swirl down the tubes it's been like a very weird experience for me because i kind of felt that there was a period when astralis with the unbelievable dominant force number one team in the world hands down there was like a very small window where i felt like north could have been like second or third they had the pieces they had the roster they had the talent they just never got the results and what I've been watching slowly but surely is this team kind of get progressively worse over time, inexplicable decisions, losing in-game leaders, losing players. Um, and now you're looking at a roster that's got AZ, Kirby, Gade, Yugi, and Cajun B. And I'm just like, this was at one point one of the highest paid teams in the world. They were another roster that had all of that star studded oh we got a sports psychologist and we're, we train in a football stadium and we everyone's getting like twenty thousand dollars a month or whatever the fuck it was and it's like you're a pretty big waste of money maybe not phase levels sure. but but you know it's it's bad if i if i was if i was one of the investors i might be calling up my accountant and asking what the fuck's going on and then you see this move like you're losing valda and you're bringing in cajun beers or a placement You've still got Yugi on the books. Like, fuck me. He, that motherfucker. You want to talk about check stealers in Counter-Strike. Fucking hell. No, he's like Hamburglar, that cunt. He's robbing everyone blind. So I don't know what's going on with North. And um, I, I think this is a team that is just going to slow. It's they, They've hit that point now where it's going to get to the sad. Not Virtus Pro levels are sad, but maybe NIP levels of sad. Where this team's just going to go to tournaments, turn up, get banged out. 
you know, make a roster change. Hey, everyone, here's a Dane you've never heard of. And it's just going to get progressively worse until they sell off whatever passes for talent that's left on this roster. And then Cajun yeah. B coming in, it's like putting your finger in the dike, you know. The sad thing about the North scenario is, as you say, like, if you look at when North got their team, it was around, this, it wasn't that long after Astralis had become Astralis and become their own company and stuff. And those two orgs really should have been able to track similar progress. They had the similar resources. They obviously had, like, literal, like, facilities that other teams teams didn't have at the time but you look how divergent the results have been it's ridiculous it reminds me of like a classic i think it was johan cruyff had like a great quote when he was the manager that just said like i've never seen a bag of money score a goal it's like at the end of the yeah. day money doesn't just automatically buy the best talent because it's how do you put the talent together what's the overall scheme that you're going to run how do you manage discipline like one thing i have to say about north that I, I'm afraid they're going to have to take a really close look at is because they come from a sports background and because they have stressed from day one the idea of like professional sports and you know we're gonna that's how we're gonna brand ourselves in Denmark similar to Australis. I actually think of a mistake they've made is that they have actually alienated and removed a lot of talent, which I get it. If you're actually the Danish scene, you, maybe you don't have to put up with that. You look at the Australian mm. players, they are all brilliant sportsmen. But the problem is the position North was in, sometimes they were in a beggars can't be choosers type scenario and they tried to be the chooser and say, well, I'm going to choose not to yeah. take this fabulously talented player, but who clearly has some personal issues that he needs to deal with. I'm going to remove him because he isn't a team player, you know. I'm going to bring in this guy who's a brilliant worker and, you know, he's got a great attitude. Can he frag anyone in Counter-Strike? Nah, shit a video game but you know hopefully it all works out it's like that that's the problem they've gone too far the other way on that one like there's a degree to which unfortunately like you can't have true professionalism in every team in counter-strike sometimes you have to just take a guy who's a bit of a fuck up but he's brilliant at shooting people in the head with an ak-47 like that's yeah. the reality that unfortunately north found themselves at so personally i hate the lineup they have right now i think it's a fucking joke and i think it goes without saying that in a world where like heroic and the ex-optic squad look better than your squad you done fucked up when you're the fourth best Danish team, they're never really quite that. Like, it's a bit of hyperbole I'm using there. But when it's even in contention, you could be the fourth best Danish team. You fucked up. So personally, in my opinion, the only chance for North to fix it is they've got to literally just swallow their pride and say to MSL, will you become yep. the in-game leader again? And let's make a new project around you. And you tell us who you want. So you tell us if you want some young Danish player. You tell us if you want config. Because, again, as we've noticed on a lot of these shows... It's all well and good complaining about some of the IGLs and their flaws. But these guys who are the real IGLs are worth a lot more than fans give them credit for. And I'll just say, look at teams that MSL's been in. Like, I think he is a better investment for North right now than just some unknown Danish player that they hope becomes a stud. Like, the chances of shifting the program to, again, one day be a top team, it has to go through someone like MSL, in my opinion. Yeah, listen, well, that ties in with the other story. Basically, Optic, that Danish team, I mean, they've, they've disbanded. And, I, you know, I don't blame them. What a weird fucking situation to be in. Your org barely exists. <laughs> like, it's one of the maddest situations I've ever seen. You clearly doesn't out. want you. <laughs> yeah, they don't want you. They already announced you were out, yet you're in this situation where, because of the contracts, you have to wear the jerseys and rep the name, but the org itself doesn't even really exist. Like, Optic has just become, like, a, a joke. It's got none of the original people. It isn't what Optic was. Um, it's... Like, it's so surreal what's going on over there. But anyway, they've announced that they're basically disbanding and they're all open to individual offers. Now, absolutely, North have to go out and get MSL if they want to be serious. 
Um, that's what they have to do. I would also say this. Their coach over there at, at North, that is a guy that has been out at uh, Mitha. That is a guy who has been out of the limelight. He has been there almost uh, all, all of the year. Um, and when you consider how North are playing and how they're going backwards and... You know, at the end of the day, like, at what point does, do you hold a coach responsible? So I say, fuck him too. Get Rugger in. Because Casper's Kasp legit, man. He's like a guy who's fucking done a bunch of, um, you know, done good work. He's an unsung hero, in my opinion, in, in the in the coaching scene. You get him in there. Now you've got MSL and Rugger, two guys that know how to work with each other. And then the question is, does Config want to come on board? And if Config does want to come on board, suddenly we're talking about AZ, Kirby, Config, MSL. Ooh, Cajun B. All right, okay. Now we might now we might be fucking working with something here worth talking about. The thing I would say is, and it's interesting because it goes to show for, for, for irrelevant people that have nothing that don't influence the scene at all. You that you wrote that article about Config, the tra the tragedy of Config, and he came out and tweeted about it saying how, you know, everything in the article was like, right, he's been wasting his career, he's actually embarrassed and ashamed, and he wants to work harder and stuff. Quite an amazing I, set of statements to make for someone like him, actually. Very yeah. impressive. Well, I, you know, I just wanted to add to that, right? Because, listen, it's true. I mean, like, he got, he got the big ego and the bad attitude almost quicker than anybody I've, I've seen in CS. And, he, and, and yet, it could all be justified with yeah. his prodigious talent, but he stopped respecting himself and respecting the game. And when you do that, you lose your skills. And then, you, then you're just left with an ego that actually holds you back. He really you, was like that classic thing they say. I mean, they probably say it in fucking high school sports. You know, when they say yeah. like some cliched thing, like if you don't respect the game, the game won't respect you. That's literally what happened to Config. <laughs> Yeah. So, it, 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 out of all the cliches you're ever going to get told as a, as an athlete, that's probably the one that actually has yeah. the most re relevance to it, and, and and is a lesson that is ubiquitous across all sports. Uh, when I saw those tweets by him, I was like, "Holy fucking shit, dude!" And like, listen, the config that bangs people's heads off with a fucking deagle and is just an unstoppable monster, a, a player that hasn't existed for for a few years, uh, almost. Um, we all want to see that guy back. Like, I hope he does it. Absolutely. But, the, but, but the reality is, right now, he's got enough stock still because of how good His he was. value for sure is still big. Yeah. He could get into that OG roster. Yeah, he could get into great. one of these dream teams that are out there. The question is, does he trust MSL? Does he trust Kirby, AZ? North can do something here if they can pick up Config and MSL and Rugger, I think. Um... But those are the only guys worth saving. I like Tezes, played well in some series. I didn't see enough of him, and I certainly didn't see enough development to make me think that he's a guy I would take a gamble on. I thought Nico was a silly move by MSL. I don't know why he wanted him. I, I don't see what other people see in him. Might be a super cool guy, whatever. Um, but uh, North can make a Danish team worth having. But you're right. It starts with MSL, 100%. Uh, right, let's do the questions. Uh, we have, uh, Justin Sapansky, Pan Panksy, sorry. Uh, Dupree tweeted about the crowd giving away positions in their semi-final games versus Liquid. Why aren't soundproof booths for players mandatory at tournaments? <laughs> so he's trying to trigger me. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, right? Because my problem with this is yeah. this. 
we can't even get to the real debate, which is should we have the booths? Because it's this is almost like fake news. We keep getting hit by all these NPC opinions. So what happens is here's every single thread ever about sound problems. A guy comes forwards and misremembers an old tweet by Adam Apicella and goes, you actually aren't even allowed soundproof booths in any country on the human planet Earth because they make fires <laughs> just happen fire and everyone violence. dies. Yeah, and then yeah. I go, well, that's not actually true. You know, that was just one specific case in a specific state. And they go, no, no, it's true though, but you can't have them though and i go no no i've watched them with my eyes in every daughter event no no you can't have them foreign because fire problems in an american so you see what i mean we haven't even got to the actual discussion similarly then you get the people who go but what about fans be you get people these are industry professionals now not just fans on reddit yeah. industry professionals in a context that we're talking about fans giving away positions in the game will look you dead in the eyes and go but I want fans to be able to talk to players so there's a great atmosphere. That's going to cause the same problem. Think it through. Yeah. You're literally describing yeah. as a positive the biggest negative of not having a fucking booth. Like, that's why people like Carmack and Riot Games can go and kiss my ass if you think that's good. You are morons. People are going to literally ruin the game in a way that doesn't exist in your beloved sports. Carmack loves soccer. You can't call anything in soccer from the crowd that can make the other guy win the game. There's no wall. There's no yeah. bomb. There's no like. There's nothing you can call. The sports environment you want only works in your sport, you daft cunt. Not video games. Especially not video games like these ones where if you're in a one like the round that killed me right because i saw a lot of people linking to this clip right there's a round against vitality on inferno where yeah uh, the callers yeah, yeah, go oh they're gonna hit a and then jw does a mad like 180 in spawn and goes now you know what sucks about that jw is the kind of player with a bizarre feel for the game who could totally have made that game legit like he might yeah. not have heard anything he really might not have but even i have to see that clip and think Oh, did he hear something? Did he hear anything? Mm -hmm. Did he hear a slight rattle of the crowd? Did he hear someone just say the word "er" and then he just kept like to even have to think that? I hate that. I don't want to have to question a player's brilliant player where otherwise I would be saying what a fucking genius intuitive play made. So the real problem is, as far as I can tell, the best solution from all the esports games I've watched, StarCraft, Daughter, CS, Quake, is to have a really sturdy booth. In an ideal world, it has to be in one location so you know it's not one that you have to keep making and therefore might be not as sturdy. You then add the, the noise cancelling headphones and the white noise and at that point in time, as far as I've been informed, you can have tournaments like they have in Dota, where you don't hear the crowd and you don't hear people shout things out, and this can absolutely be solved. The problem is costs more money, logistics are a problem when you have circuit like we do, not one LCS place in one space. Yeah. The whole reason the Koreans had it is because it's the same booth every time. They don't fucking deconstruct that. That booth's just there for 10 years in that arena, so they can have it all squared away. And in fact, that was always the secret of Korean esports production, by the way, is they're always in the same fucking building. Everyone else is going to like random countries. Imagine being an American crew member and someone just going, oh, well, so, so you've arrived, right? Well, in two days, please have an entire stadium set up to do an event in Romania. It's like, I've never been to Romania. What is this? Like, like the actual considerations are ridiculous. So my point basically is it's clearly a problem we need to solve, especially in our game, CSGO, for the integrity of the game. It's just sadly a mixture of industry professionals who are almost as bad as the fucking fans and then the dumbest fans ever mean that, again, we will just get short-circuited before we ever get to the interesting combo of how can we fix all of this and, stuff, and you know? That, that's why I've just tapped out on it because I I just think I just it's get one of these situations like seven times in a row, you know. <laughs> no, but, but this is I'm I'm at the stage now where I'm just like fuck it, just forget soundproof booths. Like just fuck it, man. It comes up every now and then where right. Here's what here's all you need to do. 
Next time some cunt fucking calls out a position, you send over two burly fucking security guys and you throw them out on their ass. By the way, this exists the in the sport I follow. So there's Do another it a few sport. times. The sport I follow where crowd can ruin the game the most is tennis. In yep. tennis, if you just shout, fault, when the guy's about to hit the ball, he's obviously not going to hit the ball, is he? He's going to go, what the fuck? Like, he's going to, like, react. Yeah. If you do that in the Australian Open, they throw you out like Jazzy Jeff on your motherfucking head and ban you for life. You will never again be in a Grand Slam final. You will never get those tickets. Like, they go out of their way to make sure that that shit's real. So if they can do it in their sport, listen, we're obviously not at their level. But we, if we're going to have no boots, that's where we have to go. Like, yeah, 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 talk, totally. Because no one wants I'm to at. see some 16-year-old kid get banned. It's going to have to happen if we're not going to have the boots. It's going to have no, to happen. No, it's, the only, it's the only way. Because first of all, as well, some of the complaints people forget, people forget this point. Some of the complaints that have happened about the noise have happened while we've had booths, by the way. Um, people have said that, yep, you can still hear vibrations, you can still hear things. Don't forget as well, you won't ever want to just get around a, a fucking booth. I can just hold up a card. Yep. Just hold up signs. Oh yeah, fans have done that too. What do you know? So the idea that it, the booth fixes all of the integrity issues is, is a myth. Um, what you have to do is it's got to start with clamping down on the fans. I know no T. I know no T.O. wants to do it because we're all too busy fucking rolling out the red carpet for every fucking pleb who's willing to pay $25 to come watch a CS event. I get it. It's how you make your money. But you are a pure piece of shit. If oh, you, by the if, way, I'll even If you're going to ruin well, a game because your team might be losing. One area I'm actually quite concerned for TOs is the first TO to actually kick people who are arseholes out. I can tell you already what will happen. Oh, the Reddit the threads will be unreal. The same will lie on Reddit. He'll yep. make a thread. He'll yep. pretend. Because what always gives away liars who, are, who aren't smart is always the alibi. It's what they claim they did. The story will be so laughably unbelievable, you'll know they're lying about what they did. So the thread will be that he was like sat there with his grandma and he didn't say a word. And at one point he went like, go Dupree. And then the guard just goes, get out of this venue. And they'll make, and what's mad is half you idiots will vote it and go, I, I remember one time I entered a giveaway for ESL for, uh, uh, for like a sticker <laughs> yeah. and I didn't get yeah. one for three weeks like, yeah. from 2014. It's like, what is the relevance of this? But that's what will happen. So I, I get yeah. it if you're a TO, it's going to be a bad look. It's going to be a massive shit sandwich. But you know what? You've got to eat it. You have to yeah. eat it. You have to eat it for the good of the industry. That's literally all that you need to do. Yeah. Fuck, make, to do fuck making booths mandatory. Just throw cunts out. It's actually easier. It's cheaper. It It works. You know, what? why can't we just have a zero cunt policy? Is it, is it madness to, to suggest this? Evident, I don't know. Some people think so. Uh, so there anyway, was a guy in the crowd anyway, and he was shouting, so I broke his fucking, <laughs> fucking job. Broke his Get that guy as the security guard. Mate, if I was still talking to that dude, he'd be a fucking shoo-in for that job. He'd love it. Um, anyway, appreciate the question, Justin. Um, Daniel Sellers uh, asks... Where can Swag go from here on out? And where do you think he'd be if he didn't throw right. for skins? I mean, look, he's he's in this position where it's like he's obviously a talent. Again, maybe a hyperbolic statement, but but he, he'll be in line to go down as maybe one of the biggest wasted talents, in, certainly in Counter-Strike, maybe not in esports. He made a, a regrettable decision that was precipitated by events in his real life and being surrounded by people that didn't have his best interests at heart. Um, I think had the eye by power throw not happened, I think the NA scene looks very, very different. And I think it's not beyond the realm of possibility Swag could have been on one of these top teams. Sure. Uh, keep in mind, you know, he's still young. Um, 
And he, he he was easily good enough to rub shoulders with the likes of Stewie and Automatic and guys. And like he was that. ahead and of them. He was a couple of years league. ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. he, this would, his prime should have been like two years ago, probably. Yeah. So um, where can he go from here on out? Unfortunately, the, the reality remains. Yeah, yeah. It's just he's got to keep plugging away on teams that are willing to pick up players that uh, will take players that are banned from Valve tournaments. With these leagues... Who knows? Because it sounds like, based on Valve's statement about, you know, fucking um, the uh, exclusivity, uh, that. exclusivity, it sounds like they're not heavily involved with these leagues. So it seems to be the onus is on the people running them. And uh, again, I would implore, I would implore oh, you guys, guy, if yeah. you're ESL, Dream, so if you're the MTG group, whoever else is running one of these leagues, unban these guys. Do the right thing. You don't have to count out the Valve. You don't have to do it. They're not involved. They they clearly don't have a strong opinion on it about, about the Major. These guys have played in other tournaments since. Do the right thing. Let these guys play. Let guys like Steel play. His love for the game is just untouched. Motherfuckers pushing 30. Still just unreal. Great mind for the game out there. Swag definitely deserves, you know, these guys will offer a team within that league something. And they should be allowed to do it because they have they have suffered like untold for this very minor in the grand scheme of things sin that they committed. Um so yeah. Uh Nemesis asks, after getting wrecked out of your mind, do you sleep on your left or right? Uh, mate, if I could just pick one position and fucking stick to it, but I'm at that age now where I'm, I'm like a pug dog. It just existence is pain. It's like, oh God, can barely breathe, back hurts, knee hurts, getting up every fucking three hours to have tiny little pathetic wheeze, like, and then just back to bed, like being old is fucking ass. So the idea that I can just sleep on one side for for an entire night would be brilliant. All I know is uh, there's a good chance, like a fucking turtle, if I if fell asleep on my back, I would think I would just die. I think that's how the story ends. Actually, what about you, Duncan? Left or right? I feel even though it's just such an irrelevant thing, that feels too intimate. You may as well just ask for a picture of my feet with mustard sprayed on them. You daft cunt! What are you trying to get out of this? This is just too weird. I don't give up. You'll never find out which way I sleep. You can murder me and see which my dead body falls. That's the closest you'll ever come. Thanks for the question, Nemesis. He might actually become your nemesis after that. Mate. I know. I know. Um, Thanks for donating and all that, though. But pounder four twenty. Um, why did Valve make wallbangs so much less powerful in CSGO compared to 1.6? And how does having much less powerful wallbangs affect the tactical dynamics of CSGO also? So that the fans one? couldn't just shout out all the time, shoot behind that wall! Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. this one, yeah, yeah, no, a 153 shoot behind this there, wall. There was an incident in France that was called the Maximum Wii incident where... Um, now, I, I think, um, honestly, one of the things I actually disliked about 1.6 was the wallbangs and the fact that you would, especially on maps like Nuke, you would have entire rounds where it was like just one good call could lead to like a spray down through a wall, especially on like eco rounds. People would just get fucking shredded and you're like, you know, they throw a nade in there, someone sprays to a wall, round over, and it's like, that's not great for spectators. I understand it's great, like, tactical thinking and everything, and it shows great awareness of the game, but it's not great to watch. And, um, 
you know, I, I think making the wall bangs uh, less powerful and having less wall bangable spots was actually one of the areas that modern iterations of Counter Strike improved on over 1.6 for me. I do think wall banging went too far in 1.6. The amount of things that was basically just a very thin texture and we figured out you could fire through. Nuke's a great example because it was way too many spam spots from outside on that map that you could get. All you need to know is when they were speculating that they might do that show match and they might do it at 1.6, one of the reasons why I said, brilliant, I'll play, is because I was hoping they'd get a bunch of CSGO pros as some of the people on these teams. And man, yeah. I know so yeah. many spam spots. If that was a 1.6, I could just fuck that guy up. Like, he'd be thinking, like, what the fuck is this? So I was just going to, I was going to be like the, the wackest little just grinder, just get all the little <laughs> angles. Wouldn't use any skill, just take a normal fight like a you know non-coward. I would have just been a little rat, basically, just been rat fucking CS all over the place. I was the original rat player from the UK before you smoo you. You are but my fucking <laughs> protege. I won't make the obvious joke of like, what was I doing about 20 years anyway? You know what I mean? You know <laughs> where I'm going it. on that one. Yeah. I, always, I always love as well, like the, the key to you is you always go, I won't make the obvious joke, exactly. he said, while making the obvious <laughs> no, joke. No, I would never make a joke like that. So anyway, I'd just like, yeah. again, reiterate, I'd never make, that would be an inappropriate <laughs> joke. Quite frankly. So, no, the point is like, yeah, I thought spam spots went too much. The problem is, yeah. I feel like CSGO went too far the other way. Like the big problem right, CSGO right. has is, the spam spots, some, most of them were quite intuitive in 1.6. Like, right, that's a thin little wall of course I can shoot through that with most of these guns. The problem CSGO has is like, for example, that box on b the back of the B bomb site on DOS 2, where it's just a normal crate and you just have to know it can't be spam through. <laughs> Yeah. But why? There's bigger walls can be spun. You know what I mean? Like the only yeah, element I, I have yeah, a problem yeah. with is like sometimes in CSGO, like it I wouldn't even blame rookies who can like I saw even pros were were like, what the fuck? It's like we well, just shut the box, you can't shoot through it. So I wish there was more between the two. So basically, my problem is this 1.6, just the game itself was open to spams in every regard. I would just like it in CSGO if more of the map makers put like real spams in, like they they plan out a spam area for tactical reasons or to give them that diversity. I'd like that to be a little bit more, but don't go as far as 1.6. 1.6 did go too far. And as you say, nuke's the best example because I've seen games where, especially think about how the old money system was in 1.6, where we didn't have all these OP pistols and all these like SMGs that you buy. You had to have a rifle or a pistol. So in the yeah. game like 1.6, where the money system means that, yeah, on your T-side, there might be four big rounds you've got to win if you want to win this T-side on Nuke. Well, if you're on one of those rounds and you run out and I just bl blindly deagle shoot through a wall with no counterplay and just headshot you through the wall with a deagle bullet, that's probably the round half ruined right there. So that that the problem with that is that that's like, I always used to say this, What's the counterplay? Just don't be in that spot, coincidentally. And what's, <laughs> yeah. the, and what's like the downside to the player firing the bullet? Nothing. He's just he himself is miles away and can't be shot by you. So stuff like that just doesn't make sense for a, a game that. One of the things about Counter Strike is you want to explain to fans that these aren't just rock lucky things. They aren't flukes. This is skill. This is dedication. This is research. Like some of the spams weren't things that incentivized that. They went too far towards almost RNG elements of like spamming i always thought the equivalent was a bit like in quake where there were certain like maps where people just spammed a spot with like rockets over and over again just so you couldn't come out it's like there's no skill involved in that anyone can do that it's just a stupid thing that everyone does to to play the little margins so mm. I, I do think it went way too far 1.6 i'll be i agree with you on that one uh right okay we got another question here uh sunmade asks uh if you three worked on an economy airline who would do which job so I'm trying to think. What I mean, what is there? There's like the pilot, the co-pilot, and the fucking stewardess, right? Steward or whatever the fuck. By the way, Duncan, have you ever seen Josh Gingerson? 
So that sounds like a made-up name I use. It is. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a name of an adult actor. That's who, who does special... Mate, just Google him now. Just Google him now while you're in your fucking hotel or wherever you're at. And just have a look at him and then look at you. And look at him, and then back What's to him. What's his name? Roy Gingerson. What's his Josh Gingerson. Uh, that is a bit Roy. <laughs> Don't know the fuck Roy Gingerson is. Like Roy Orbison. <laughs> dad, isn't it? <laughs> is this guy like... a gay porn star? He might be in a movie or two. <laughs> right, there we go. I knew, I knew where this As if you said, Google it, he's an actor. No, that's I know, exactly. I did an say it in adult films. I did say adult films. So, so anyway, just say... Sometimes, right, you know, I might be just, you know, late night browsing, and you can't, you know, what pops up, pops up. But sometimes, I think, fucking hell, what's Duncan doing there? Hang on. <laughs> and it's this guy, and it's not you. I'm always relieved, greatly, sometimes literally. Anyway, uh, what job would we do on an airline? I don't fucking know what kind of jobs there are on a fucking airline. I fucking hate flying. Um, I feel like fucking the bit that Doug Stanhope always talked about with like stewards and stewardesses on planes, you know, the air hosts, like we just called them sky cunts, <laughs> it was so appropriate, so I wouldn't want to do that job, you know? Uh, pilots don't actually do anything. I saw this news story where there was a guy in South Africa and he just blagged being a pilot. <laughs> For 25 years, <laughs> for 25 years, Surely he years trained on flight though. simulators. He, yeah, no, but that's the thing. What he was this? Blastful Airlines or something? And he's just going, <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm flying on this later. And they go, do you have your pilot's license? And he goes, oh, you told me earlier I didn't need a pilot's license. Like, fuck it, get me out. Um... <laughs> So, so yeah, you should, you should, yeah, like you should fucking uh, look at this story up. It was insane. But basically, yeah, he never had any incidents, never had any accidents. Been doing it for twenty five years, and then someone just found out he didn't even have a license. What a legend! So I don't even know if I want to be accidents though. What a yeah, legend! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like no, and he apparently just trained on a flight simulator. Just went in one day, dressed up like fucking that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, Catch Me If You Can, or whatever the fuck, and he just rolled with it for twenty five <laughs> years. So, like, pilots don't even do shit. So I don't even know who's doing anything on a fucking plane. It's impossible to answer. What about you, Sam? What would you uh, do? Co-pilot yeah. seems easy, but Just sort of yeah. sit there, watch a job be done. No, but I thought it was, like, the pilot. What he always does is he goes, why don't you take this one, eh, Sam? And he just takes his fucking headset off and then gets, like, fucking blown by, you know, Josh Ginger's in maybe. I don't know. Like... <laughs> by the way, I've just done that <laughs> thing yeah, where... Come out, come out of the cupboard now, Josh. Rather than say the thing I already know you would just instantly timestamp, I've just put it in the chat there. I've just put what I would have said. <laughs> Brilliant. So unreasonable. Oh, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 100% out. That's so unreasonable. We'll, we'll just move on. Uh, Mike Feed me asks, do you agree that Golden seems to activate the Fnatic lineup? If so, what do you think he brings to the team that enables them to win maps? I mean, we talked a little bit about this earlier. I, so just to kind of pick up the pace and just answer the question quickly. Thanks for the gifted subs, by the way, as well, Mike. Um, I would just say, like, whatever it, it, it's it, it, he obviously has a good tactical awareness he seems very he, he seems to put structure in place like when you watch a fanatic <coughs> side when it's playing under golden like there's a lot more cohesion a lot more synergy all the other buzzwords kanye used when he wrote that thing down for Mark zuckerberg they're all in place so it's like 
I, I, I think he's a very good kind of micromanager, it seems to be, is is, is what my read on it, on it would be. And I think when you've got, like, wildcard players, like Duncan said, JW's got, like, a phenomenal feel for the game. But then you add the element of micromanaging to it. Like, sometimes it can be overbearing. It can go too far. But it definitely seems to have the right balance here. And I think you can see from, you know, at the end of the day, the results don't lie. If they'd come back and done shit at this tournament, people wouldn't have batted an eyelid because everyone's expectations were really low. The fact they went on and win the whole thing, it's like every time Golden's in Fnatic, his stock has to, his stock rises, you know? Yeah, and my problem is basically, like, I th I would give the analogy, this reminds me of when, as we've discussed many times on this show, you get a star player who goes, well, I sometimes make calls, so why don't I be the IGL? It's like, that's exactly the problem, mate. You sometimes make calls. The job of an IGL is to always have a call, no matter the time, no matter the circumstances, no matter how difficult the situation is. So mm. basically, I think that people like JW, Crims, Flusher, it doesn't surprise me they might be put off by someone like Golden and think, well, I already know how to play the game. I already know what I want to do. You know, I want to do my own thing. It's like, yeah, you want to do your own thing, but who tells everyone else in the team what to do? Who else keeps yeah. the structure of the team? Like, that's the problem. Being individually brilliant is almost at times at odds with doing something as a team. So to me, MS uh, Golden is there to be like a Swedish MSL, just run the team, mm -hmm. do the basic things, call the right calls, call the play that makes sense, call the next one off. And then within that structure, Allow JW to do something brilliant if he wants to. Allow Flusher to do some crazy... I mean, to be fair, Flusher doesn't do it very often nowadays, but do some ridiculous bullshit move that might work. But what those guys I would hope have learned is they can't be the ones in charge of all that. They have to let someone else do that and delegate it. So to me, Golden's just out of the limited talent they've got in the Swedish scene. He's just the right person to try right now. It just makes yeah. sense. Uh, two more questions. Reykjavik on Steam. Has there ever been a team that disgusted you that they were winning? Also, fuck Blizzard and liberate Hong Kong. Uh, for me, um, as I said earlier, like right now, nothing peeves me more than just the way things seem to align for this Greyhound team that just won't go away. Like they get right. Here's what should have happened. When Tai Lu put that Chinese super team together and all and all this talent suddenly dispersed in the Chinese region and there was all these other players coming through the Asian qualifier, we just should never have seen Greyhound in a stupid Hawaiian shirts at an event. They just shouldn't have been qualifying. But incredibly, the Tai Lu Chinese super team was shit <laughs> didn't, and, and were really struggling and couldn't beat these guys. So you can call that legit, fine. That kind of feels like one of the way that it's aligned for them. Whenever they're at an event and they get an upset, the team they beat always has like some narrative reason for why it it wouldn't you know they, they wouldn't be at, at their best and it's like fuck me how many times is this going to happen and they just seem to keep limping through tournaments and making it out like they're actually like a decent team and they're like very much a tier two team at best maybe even tier three yet they just seem to get these like freakish results and it's just like stupefying to me as I said, I think there's talent on that roster. I think, like, you know, De Dexter <coughs> in particular is, like, a real good fucking player. They obviously rubbed me the wrong way because I think Dick Stacey's, like, just increasingly, like, just a pathetic, wretched remnant in, in, in the Counter-Strike scene. So they always bother me. My problem is, like... <sighs> Luckily for me, I would actually just say this is a byproduct I would hope of doing my job well as an analyst, is mm. almost every team that wins and does well, I can usually, even if it's not always my cup of tea, I can appreciate what they did. I can appreciate what the style was, what the players are, how they succeeded, because I tried to be pretty open and just appreciate greatness when people do yeah, good sure. things. So I would just say, disgusted is going a bit too far. Like most of the scenarios yeah, where true, true. I had that sentiment is more like, it's usually the other way. It's like for the team that didn't win. 
So what I'll mm. say is, I guess in a sense, I'm disgusted that like Cloud9 and Gambit won those majors because yeah. I thought, you know, Faze and Astralis should have won those majors. And I also didn't like the angle that like Cloud9 and Gambit never played that level again. It was that one mm -hmm. tournament. They both did awesome there. And then they never, you know, it's not like they took over as the next top team and showed me a great era of that. They just had a flash in the pan. But even then, like disgusted is obviously a bit of hyperbole. It's yeah, a bit too far uh, yeah, there. Yeah. I would just say generally, I like it when in terms of accomplishments, like I'm not as big a fan of someone kind of fluking a major if it means that like a team that, I know it's such a loaded term, but deserve to win, don't win the major, you know, like I, it's not as often to do with hating on any person. I just kind of like the storyline to be a bit more satisfying in that regard. Mm. Uh, and then the last question from Alice the Alchemist. After witnessing Fnatic win DreamHack, one thing that sticks out seems to be the importance of retaining a three-man core. JW, Flusher, and Crims, obviously the Astralis core, the MIB core, etc. Uh, do you think that other lower-tier teams should commit to that idea and try and emulate it? Or do you think it's too difficult for smaller teams to hold on to their talent? Uh, listen, in an ideal world, like having a, a core... Uh, is is just a good idea to have a bedrock for a team like guys who know each other inside out know each other's quirks foibles know how to communicate have a shorthand understand each other's tendencies from just hours and hours and hours of scrims with each other all of these things cumulatively build up the difference you've got is down at the lower end even the teams that do retain cores they're just not as good they just don't have the talent so it's like all that all that shorthand all that understanding all that synergy that only gives you like in, in real terms, that only gives you an extra 5%. Now, at the highest level, that 5% is tournament winning because sure. we're, talking about, we're talking about the best motherfuckers in the game. But down here in the fucking mire, an additional 5% is neither here nor there. I mean, fuck, 5% is the difference between whether you're hung, playing hungover online or not. You know, 5% is, did I get a good night's sleep in my shitty hotel because I'm playing at a lower tier, you know. So 5% 5, 5 isn't, you know, it matters at the top, it matters a lot less at the bottom. Plus, you've got the other the other uh, issue that we've seen. Crazy had a three-man core. <coughs> Just now, right? And they were getting upsets and going to tournaments. Wap wap. I'll be having those players. I'll be having that talent. You are always at the fucking whims of the money men in CS. You are always at the whims of the orgs. And it, it, it's how it's got to work in sports. Those players deserve those salaries, deserve those opportunities. And if it means you've got to say bye-bye to two of the guys or one of the guy that you were playing with to go and get that opportunity, you got to do it. The orgs have got to sell because otherwise how the fuck are you going to sustain your business, which we know a tier two and a tier three Counter-Strike team isn't a fucking business at all. Um, so there's just too much there for lower tier teams, I think, to keep hold of the talent. I just don't think it can be done in, in, in the modern CSGO era. And anyone who stands out is going to get bought or move on to bigger and better things, unfortunately. But I, but I agree, a, a, core is, a, a core is essential to a successful team. You'll never, I don't think we've ever seen a successful revolving door team. Ever. So, yeah. To me, like, first of all, yeah, the experience you get from having the same players obviously is a massive boon. I even think it naturally suggests what you need from the other players in your team because you know what that guy brings. So you go, right, well, we need a player who can do X and Y. Whereas one of the big problems in Counter-Strike is it takes you ages just to learn who the personnel in your team are. Like, you think this guy's one way from playing with him on another team, but what's he like in this squad? And then the other part I'd say is just, it's also just natural human nature. Like, you conserve the things that make sense and then the things that don't are the parts that you change. The problem always is if you go too sentimental with your core and keep a guy who used to be brilliant but who is shit now. So that's where I have more of a problem. And that's why I had a problem, for example, with the Fnatic core bringing Flusher back. It's like, mm. I don't see that he adds enough to the core element of that to make up 
for him not being that good a player. So that's where I go against it. And then the idea is, as Richard just said, like you just don't have a choice when you're in a low level team. Like, first of all, what are the odds you've got three brilliant players who should play together five years? Not very high for a low level team. And even if you do, it's not going to be up to you with whether this day or not. They're going to go somewhere else. So yeah, it's only really something you can think about, in my opinion, once you're a top 10 team. Before that, your mission is just get to the top 10. That's it. Then you can start having the luxury of thinking things like, do I keep this guy, even though he's not the hottest player right now, because he adds something extra to my squad? Like These are concerns that should only be thought of at the lofty end of Counter-Strike. Mm, absolutely. Right. We can wrap it up there. So shout out again to the sponsor, B.com. Another bumper edition of... Uh... <coughs> Um, by the numbers, becoming an incredibly bloated and self-indulgent show, and, and and we like it that way. So fuck it. We uh, like our as a sponsor. So please go and sign up and support them. In particular, go check out their YouTube channel, which they're trying to grow right now. It's just Rivalry CS. Loads of great Counter Strike content over there from yours truly. Like I say, we got that Blame F interview that's coming out. It's straight fucking fire. Uh, if you're interested in him and complexity, you're going to want to check that out. That should be out in the next day or two. So go over to the YouTube channel and sign up. Uh, so shout out to them. Uh, also as well to all our patrons uh, that make the show possible. Uh, you, those questions we were fielding at the end of the show, that's from our patrons. $50 or more, you get to shape the uh, the content on the show. So shout out to Jerky's Minion, Detlef Insomniac, Rekabik on Steam. Alice the Alchemist, Justin Sapansky, a new name there. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, Benakagi Assassin. These are our $50 patrons. Uh, but Pounder 420, Carve, Colin Penny, Daniel Sellers, Madsen, Marcus Kumpar, Mike Feedme, Nemesis, Sardsawar, Sunmade Raisins, TC Owens, Tobias Bernasconi, and of course, Watch Doge. Thanks a lot for all the support. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Uh, have a good weekend, and we will see you sometime next week on the next episode of By the Numbers. Peace.